Ladies and gentlemen, everyone say thank you, John Favreau, for this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Thank, thank you, John Favreau, <laughs> for making me cry, you bastards. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Cue music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh, my gosh. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Oh. Oh yeah. Someone's back. Yeah. Someone's back. I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm Wayne Stellini. I'm a Fulia Kantarmaja. And I'm a Michael. And the cat's in the cradle at the service. <laughs> <laughs> Little boy green and the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> when you're coming home, dad, I don't know where, but we'll get together then. Maybe in the third season. <laughs> Lister. <laughs> and you are now experiencing <laughs> a podcast called Friends. Oh, yeah. Hi yeah. There. Yes. <laughs> Also known as Michael's sing-along version. <laughs> <laughs> it's my tribute to Weird Al. I love it. I love it. Because he hasn't done a Star Wars song in a while. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely due for a, for a Star Wars anthem, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could, she could do a song about Grogu. I was going to say, he's got a lot of material to draw yeah. from. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, right. Fulia. Yes. How is your week? My week has been good. Just doing the usual uh, streamies. Um, started a Christmas giveaway on the streams for Animal Crossing Woo. related items that everybody have, has been loving. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also been uh, streaming the good Christmas movies. This week's movie, or last week's movie, was The Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> love me some Tim Allen. Yeah, love that it movie. It was so great to revisit that movie. It's been a long time since I last watched it. Um, so it was really nice to see it again and with some really awesome friends on Discord. So really happy about that. Um, and yeah, just been working away as per usual, doing the long shifts in the lead up to Christmas, mm. <laughs> that retail work, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also doing Christmas shopping and yeah, um, that's pretty much been my week. Uh, I also finally finished Cheers. Oh. Hey. The ending was a little disappointing. Oh, really? Aww. It didn't end the way that I thought it was going to end. Aww. It was very melodramatic. Like, well, mm, it, it just, it didn't, it, there was like, it got to a point and then the, 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 the final two episodes were about Diane coming back. Mm. Ooh. And she only came back for the last two episodes. Yeah. yeah. And then nothing happened. Right. But was her return supposed to be a threat to a relationship or was that supposed to be the purpose? It was... She came back saying that she was married with kids. 
and the, because she was also a successful writer because she won an award. Yeah. Which is how Sam heard about the fact that she was still like she was going to come down to see him in Boston. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just they both faked having relationships. And then everything, obviously, cliched. They all find out yeah, yeah. that it was all fake. Um, but then it just gets to a point where they both had the, they sit down and have this conversation. They're like, we're not made for each other. Because, you know, things just go wrong all the time. We always argue and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then so they went their separate ways again. And does, so Does Sam end up with a girl, though? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. that seems pretty pointless then. Yeah. If she's not coming back to threaten a potential love no. for him. He's been mm-hmm. single the whole time. Yeah, because he's a player, isn't he? he? Yeah, he's he a, is. He's a slut. He is. He? Yeah. He's a big one. Yeah. Um. So by the end of it, all he, all he does is he wants to go and see the world again. So he sells his bar again. Okay. Actually, no, he doesn't sell his bar. I'm remembering a different thing, a different episode. He... He ends up just, you know, just moving on. Yeah, moving on, clo- and just cl- and he closes the bar for the night. Yeah. Okay. Like it, it wasn't really that. Oh, you did the whole exciting. You did the whole "is that it" type thing. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay, and <laughs> that was it. That was it. Okay, fine. Sounds incredibly underwhelming. Yeah, it was very underwhelming for for a, 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 a show, a sitcom like that, to last eleven seasons. Yeah. To just end like that. Okay. Which was yeah, it was a little disappointing. Um, At least it sounds gave like you a Fraser. slice of life. It did, it did. <laughs> and now and now I know how Frasier began and mm-hmm. how his relationship with Lilith began, and all that sort of stuff. So it's been really interesting. Nice. <laughs> How about yourself, Wayne? Yes. You've been away for a while. Yeah, well, I, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you all missed me a lot, hey? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, some more than others. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, I was working over, over that period and, um, you know, because it is a busy time of year for us retail workers, right? Yes. Um, admittedly, I think I had celebrated a particular anniversary a bit too hard and it wiped me out because oh, I'm, I'm okay. you know, you know yeah. I, I'm not in my 20s anymore. No. So, um, no, it shows. You know, it certainly does <laughs> in many ways. In many, many ways. Um, but, um, yeah, so that kind of knocked me out a little bit. But it was a great celebration. Um, Kendall, oh. you would have been interested oh. in it. There, I, I don't think so. There was banners. Oh, Okay. There was little, calling for the end. There was streamers. Mm, yeah. Little balloons. <laughs> okay. Your face I mean, was home, on them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Home Alone. You know, it's it is celebrating its thirtieth anniversary, but it's not that great. Why is it bad? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, the Home Alone celebrations didn't involve Kendall's face on balloons. Another anniversary did, but it was all good. <laughs> um, I'm sorry you couldn't be there. But um, I did read out a speech on your behalf. Oh. Yes. Oh, the okay. crowd was riveted, Kendall. Riveted. Riveted. Oh, uh, and by the crowd, you mean you and Mr. Black? <laughs> Look, Mr. Black is a party animal and does not go to bed. 
before 8.30. Thank you very much. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Right, he sends right. his regards. Oh, I'm he sure he really does. does. Still gunning for your job, but he sends his regards. <laughs> um, I've said, look, Kendall's the queen, Mr. Black. You, you know, you, you can't knock her off the poach, right? Just uh, don't 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 take her bad taste in movies and TV into account. She fine. She is impartial. Not as impartial as he is when delivering the nerdy news. But you'll get there, Kendall. You'll get there, my friend. Um, Will I? Yeah, yeah. I listened to your epic podcast last week. Yes. It was lovely. Like, you know, the, the, the 10 minutes that I listened of it was wonderful because I only listened to the bits that were of interest and relevance to the broader pop culture community. So that was really good. It was a short podcast, I'm surprised, but it was a good one nonetheless, considering <laughs> there's three of you all here. But, um, but yeah, but it seems to be like everything's been going well without me. Mm, yes, yes, very, very well. Yes. Um, um... Not too well, though. No, no, no. no, no. There, there, was, there, was a, there was a very in there. I don't know about that. No, no. It's been, it's been pretty fantastic. <laughs> it's been good. It's actually. It's been good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm back to here to, to, to make it better. So, oh, so yes, it's all good. Of course. Of course. Um, but yes, look, I, I was working. I did watch um, some movies and, and TV. I watched a, a great Australian TV series called Wanted, which was great. Rebecca Gibney's in that. It's about two uh, mismatched women on the run for like a crime that... They didn't commit, but it's not also about crimes they didn't commit, but it's also because they're wanted by the underworld. Uh, and it takes them across Australia, Thailand, and New Zealand. Um, and it's absolutely gorgeous, I have to say. Wow. It's uh, available on Netflix. It's lasted three seasons. It's a complete narrative. Um, yeah, these women find themselves in and out of trouble so frequently. It's brilliant. Um, and also they, they're lucky that they have just happy coincidences to see them to the next plot point. Wow. Um, some would call that lazy writing, but I'm not going to lie. Um, the leads are fantastic. The way it's shot is really well done. They're, you know, it's a fun series. So if you don't take it too seriously, you're okay for the, the cop outs because you love these characters so much. You're like, I don't care how you get out of the situation as long as you get out of this situation. Um, and really enjoyed it. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Australian series called Wanted only three seasons and I think it's about six or eight episodes per season so you can okay. down it very very quickly and it's 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 enjoyable it's quite it's nice. there's funny moments as well um so yeah and also I turned the big 4-0 recently yeah yes that is four decades of um <laughs> of pop culture and movie intake because yes. i've been watching movies since day dot um it feels like um superman the movie the first movie memory i have um towering inferno is the second movie memory i have so um yeah there's some of my Amazing. favorites yes yes a time to watch towering inferno i think kendall i need to please. involve you in it please um, i really want to see it I'm not sure if you would like it. You might. You might. Um, it's if you like disaster movies. Um, Towering Inferno is the king of disaster movies from the 70s. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, literally, the disaster genre peaked from 1970 to about 1979. Wow. Yeah. You see, they were all the rage. And, they were. And then this little movie that you all may have heard of called Star Wars was released. <laughs> no one cared about disaster movies then. <laughs> well, you could say Aeroplane, but that was sort of a piss take. Oh, Flying High? Oh, Flying High. Yeah, if you're doing that was the 1980, so it was kind yeah. of, yeah, making that mockery of it. So, like, yeah. at that stage, I guess you could make fun of it. 
Mm. Um, especially since Airport, which came out in 1970, uh, with Dean Martin and George Kennedy in it, was the one that sort of started that craze. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a good movie. But it's funny, though, for a disaster film, and that movie goes for about, like, two and a half hours, right? Wow. The actual said disaster occurs, like, in the last 15 minutes and probably goes for about... What? Five minutes. Whoa. Yeah. And they, but they it, can call it a disaster movie, then? Yes, because it is a disaster. Like, they're because... It centers around a build-up yeah. um, okay. to a disaster that does occur Wow! Um, in a location that makes you nervous, Kendall, so I'm not going to talk about it too okay, much. Okay, cool. <laughs> but the title should give you an idea yeah. about Very where it Very high up in the air. Yes, about where it occurs. But look, I do have to say, it's actually a really well-made movie. Okay. Even if you say, if you take out your expectations of what a disaster movie is and just enjoy mm-hmm. it as this melodrama of a mismatch of different characters mm-hmm. all linked by this airport and their roles in it, um, it's pretty cool and it's shot really interestingly, which fully you would enjoy okay. from a cinematography point of view. You'd probably be bored shitless of the movie, but you would at least enjoy its aesthetics. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think Michael as a, as a cinema lover would probably be one that you'd be like, oh yeah, cool to say yeah, I've seen yeah. it. You know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I do love my disaster f- yeah. films, like every now and again. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, a I, I quick, um, uh, quick side note, um, I, I recently watched another a disaster movie called Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that and it was a complete disaster mm-hmm. from start to finish. I mean, you know, the, come on, there's better, there's better sharks in in in, in bloody uh, what, what's it? What's the one called? Uh, um, You're not going to link to Finding Nemo. Nemo. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in what, Mike? Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. There are, yeah. And he's called Bruce too. He's called Bruce. Absolutely. Um, but These yeah. are friends, not food. <laughs> but you know what? I think I actually realized, I just had this um, realization, I think, why I love disaster movies so much. Because essentially, they're just glossed up slasher movies. Yeah. More than anything else. They kind of are. Or yeah. maybe that's why I love slasher movies, because I love <laughs> disaster movies. I feel like that's why I like the Final Destination franchise so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like a combination between horror and disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I totally went off course, but okay. in saying that, any reason to talk about um, some great movies, ignoring Michael's feedback. And Absolutely. Yeah, so, right. no, so, you can so, just so, put me on mute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, but, that, but that's been my time. I've actually had some nice uh, time away working hard, um, had a staycation in Melbourne, stayed at a cute little hotel called uh, Brady Hotels. And it's adjoining cafe called Little Charlie is absolutely divine as an all-day breakfast. Do it. And that's in the Melbourne CBD. Definitely nice. hunt it down. Um, but yeah, but look, it is actually lovely to be back and to see Yay. you all before we uh, break for the Christmas and New Year. So yes, yes because exciting stuff has happened this week that we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for a bit later. We will. Um, Mike, how's your week been, mate? My week's been fantastic. Um, uh, yesterday on the time that we're recording, I uh, did my alternative family Christmas, which was great. Ooh. I haven't seen my family in about, well, all year, basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like face-to-face, not Zoom or anything like that. But it was, oh, it was fantastic. It was just a load off my sh- shoulders of just just meeting my family, shooting the shit, and, yeah. And if you know anything like me, uh, imagine that ten times folded. Mm. Uh, we just... Hang shit on each other, and it was great. And Mum just biting her lip is like, don't don't have to be such a nasty pasty. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I just talking about Star Wars, talking about everything. Um, yeah, great. It was it was absolutely great. 
and I miss my sister, of course. Uh, unfortunately, my other sister couldn't make it. Uh, the whole family was... Uh, have all got the flu. So oh. the, the proper flu. <laughs> uh, none, none, of this, uh, none of this COVID bullshit. Or COVID malarkey. Uh, COVID McClunky. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so unfortunately they couldn't make it. But we'll, we're going to see if we can catch up like uh, either before the end of the year or, or even after the new year. It, it all depends if they're all... They're all well because they're just giving it to each other for Christmas. So... Yeah, th- so that's basically my highlight for the week. Uh, I've watched a movie. I went to the movies. Ooh. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna see I'm gonna see if the budget can allow this, but um, going to see a movie each week. And this week, uh, another 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 Australian film, The Dry. Mm. Oh yeah, The Dry. Is it good? Mm, I highly recommend it. It's a good uh, it's a good uh, espionage. Well, it's sort of a who's done it. Um, Eric Banner's character, who, who's a who's a uh, who's a federal police officer, in the big smoke in Melbourne, and uh, he he comes home to his hometown, to uh, because his childhood friend, uh, it's his childhood friend's funeral, and it, uh, it it's it's uh it's a bit of a harrowing thing so uh, it's not for the faint-hearted. I mean, I I definitely had to shed a tear at the end. Considering the subject matter and shit, uh, and and especially the the outcome, um, yeah, his uh, childhood friend um, it was involved with a murder suicide, uh, but was it a murder suicide? And I'll just leave it at that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I uh, highly recommend it. it nice. It's, it's one. It's one of those good Australian films. None of this um, just keeping an eye on the watch it's like i didn't have to look at the watch it was actually fantastic it was it's definitely up there um for good movies of the year and well i haven't seen many but it's definitely up there and (laughs) yeah uh yeah yeah it's good uh i I recommend everyone to watch it because it's eric banner it's eric banner uh yeah and him coming back to doing australian stuff it's it's awesome yeah. yeah. I actually, yeah. Um, I was at a writer's festival. So not to really bring it on me, but I do have a link to the dry. No, it's all good. But um, <clears throat> I was shortlisted for an award, you see. And, um, you know, I attended the ceremony. We won't go into details on how I went. <laughs> no, let's. <laughs> Let's just, let's just say he wasn't short enough. <laughs> no, that's the only time. <laughs> um, yes, but, you know, before the awards were announced, um, Jane Harper, the author of The Dry, came up to... Give yes, a... it's based on a book. Yeah, should've, should've it was her debut it. novel, and she came out to, um, you know, just talk about her experience winning this award. I was nominated for a different one, but yeah, sure. this one was, like, the main... I think it was, like, the the Victorian Writers Award where they give you a a grant or or support you there. And she talked about, I think, how she had written the dry over a year um, and broke down that, you know, well, if you write X amount of words per day and this is X amount of words and that's your novel, that's at least the first draft. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she said, you know, look, she submitted it as a thing. Um, It won that award 
and she was saying at the time and she goes and you know now Reese Witherspoon is opting it for a film and things like that and it's so lovely now to see that it was actually um, developed and she was yeah. saying uh, yeah she's you know because once she sold the rights to the dry she then automatically got a three book deal with it or something like that with the publisher that's cool so that was so awesome. it's actually when I saw the trailer like come out for the dry I was like I remember her talking about Aww. how this book just came out, was winning all these awards and recognition, was getting attention from Hollywood. Um, wow. And it was nice to see it because, you know, I know it's different if, like, an Australian studio options a book, it could take you 20 years to get finance yeah. versus mm. a Hollywood one, you know, sure. because that the money is there. Of course. Um, but it was actually lovely seeing that um, she had had success with this um, from just essentially writing the thing yeah like that you know she committed to writing it she submitted it for you know as a contender for an award and it won and it just spun out of control for her in a good way that's wonderful yeah so um whilst i haven't read the novel um i'll definitely i think see see the movie and just be like good on you jane yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. And, I, yeah and i believe she's already had another book come out and that's gotten a lot of acclaim and she's starting to get quite a following like she's got a loyal fan base already that's great um, like, that's just all you could ever ask for you know mm-hmm. um but yeah she the wrote dream. she wrote the thing good on you absolutely yeah. so i'm glad Props. that the movie adaptation is good mike i'm glad it is good yeah. and i'll definitely like go back and actually read it because um re- reading the book it did um uh, speaking as a country boy myself, mm. and especially a Victorian country boy, it definitely deals with a lot of um, heartbreak in a community of a drought-affected area. Right, and and it's it sort of breaks my heart because I, I do see that every now and again. I, I do have family that have to deal with deal with drought, yeah. and it's also the um, psychological thing where you're in a small country town and you need to you know put on a brave face but you can tell like it it goes into the like the um locals and how how they're they're um they're struggling basically and you can Mm -hmm. sort of see it's like yeah you can sort of they definitely uh tie in this like um this murder suicide could have happened because there wasn't wasn't much money coming in it was Mm. it was it was on a property and and uh, it jumps back and forth in time because it, they do a lot of um, uh, law flashbacks, especially with the Eric Banner's character uh, dealing with uh, his past as well because there's a bit of trouble in his past and, and you get to see the reason why he got up and left mm. uh, with his with his dad and all that. And, um, yeah, I definitely recommend it and I'm just going to leave it at there before I spoil it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely love that. And um, uh, every movie that I've seen this this year is Australian films, which is hey. kind of kind of good and fitting. Yeah, and, I pro- and I'm going to break that uh, next week. Next week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a with a with a Wonder Woman. Woo! Wonder Woman. Well, sort of Australian, isn't it? <laughs> um. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll claim her. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Amazonian, you know, somewhere in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's the link I thought you were going for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, we'll take it. We'll take it. She's one of ours. Yes, we'll take yeah. her like Russell Crowe. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. That and um, and uh, George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Clooney? 
Yeah, Clooney's Australian. What? Didn't you know? No. Yeah. I say it right here, right now. <laughs> All right, we've claimed right him now. Okay. Right now. And so is Fatboy Slim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. He's Australian. Right here, right now. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Kendall? Uh, are you right here, right now? Yes, I am, luckily, <laughs> for everyone. Um, cool. Yes, I had a really good week. Uh, was filled with lots of fun times and work times and movie watching times. Um, absolute highlight for me this week was uh, the fact that uh, the lovely Christina and myself were able to go on our uh, Viking days again. Which Hi, is... Christina. Hello. Hi, Christina. Hello. Hi, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where we, yeah, we like to go once a month to a brand new cinema, um, somewhere in, so far it's just been within Melbourne really. And, uh, now that we've almost done all the Melbourne cinemas, we're going to be venturing outward into rural, uh, country Victoria. Ooh, you'll so, be able to visit Michael. Yes. Yes. Yes, we will. One day. Maybe. We should see. If there's time. If there's time. We'll see if there's time. Um, no, but yeah. I'm was... busy or, or, or washing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work. Um, yeah. Yes. But yeah, we, we got to go to uh, the recently opened Pentridge Cinema. Oh, I was so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me everything. It's so cool. I will. I know this is an audio medium, but I will show Wayne pictures in case he didn't see. But like, you know, we got some photos of the front mm. and everything. Like it's it's still like the whole, most of the walls are still intact and everything it's just so so cool yeah um but then the inside they've like well that's the i'm just showing them the the side of the cinema yeah um the side of it so the side of it so the facade of of the facade of pent of pentridge still is that beautiful like sort of bluestone would you say yes it's bluestone yeah Yeah. it looks gorgeous it's so pretty and uh beautiful international listeners pentridge is a an old men's prison in melbourne and it's notorious Men's, it was a it was a notorious men's prison. Thank you, Kendall. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Like I need to she, show Mike photos. Yeah, she's yeah. showing to me. Yes, and then they. This is the entrance to the shopping centre. Wow. <laughs> what Zelda would say, big castle. Big castle. It does look like a castle. It's beautiful. Yeah. Every church we go past, What's she the... says, big castle. Big castle. It's the one in Coburg, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's in Coburg. It's just, just I've been to the ones just that... off Sydney Road. That's the entrance, Mike. That's what oh, yeah. the new bit looks on the inside now. So nice. they haven't completely finished it, but it's pretty much done. I, I've been um, to one of the cafes. Yeah. The couple, there's like a few cafes along that sort of in that sort of area, and they're really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of little, a uh, couple of restaurants in there, and um, an IGA, and a few other little mm. little shops. But yeah, the cinema was our calling, and um, they've got reclining seats in there too. It's wow. all new fancy. and fancy, very comfy. <laughs> um, we had a great time, and we watched a movie called Kajillionaire. I don't know if the name rings a bell to anyone because mm. we did it for Trailer Park a couple of months back. Um, no. Yes. I do remember. So this is a movie starring Evan Rachel Wood and Richard Jenkins and Deborah Winger mm. and Gina Rodriguez about this family of grifters who are a bit eccentric. Yes, I remember yes, the trailer now. There yes, there you go. Yes. yes. And they, they live next door to a like a, a soap 
slash bubble factory and the, <laughs> and the, the, the suds leak through the wall because they're, they're paying really, really cheap rent where they're living. Um, so they have part of their, you know, payment, I suppose I have to, you know, clean up the, the, the suds every day at a certain mm. time. They have their, all their old fashioned clocks synced up with the, you know, the digital alarm clock going <laughs> off. It's great. But anyway, it was a really cool film. Um, not really like anything I've ever seen before. Very cool indie uh, film. Very quirky. Mm. Uh, really well shot. Really well performed. Especially Evan Rachel Wood. She was wonderful in it. And almost just so far removed from everything else I've ever seen her do. And I've seen a lot of her stuff. Because mm. I really like her quite a bit. But um, yeah. It was really cool. And there was like a surprise romance in, element in there too. Which was uh, queer romance too. So nice. I was very happy with that. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend checking out Kajillionaire if you uh, feel so inclined. It's very, very cool. Um, and then uh, another film I watched before I, I wrap up my week that was last night I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, so it only just came on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm calling it now, and I did it last year with Joaquin Phoenix, and I hope I'm right this time. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman is going to win that Oscar. Right. And okay. if he doesn't, he's going to at least get nominated, because okay. god damn. <laughs> oh, man. Like, and all the all the reviews that are coming out, and mine included, it's his best performance, like, he's ever given. Oh. And it's it breaks your heart a yeah. bit, you know, because yeah. it's just what could have been. Mm. Um, but what a what a glimpse into that you know future we don't get um, yeah. like it is it's so beautiful I highly recommend checking it out not just for his performance but for the whole thing like you can tell it's based on a play um, but that's fine yeah um, like it's just one of those it's similar to the boys in the band where it's like it's it's just one event that takes place on one day or one evening nice. only like one kind one or two kind of locations really right, right. really simple um, but shot beautifully the color palette's really nice and Viola Davis as well like mm. she's a queen <laughs> yeah. I love Viola Davis uh, so much she's so good yeah and she was yeah also quite fantastic the entire cast knocked it out of the park mm. to be to be fair it's a, a exceptionally well made mm. well performed film so i highly recommend Marini's black bottom nice yes on netflix do it do it you will not be disappointed okay all right well that was uh all of our weeks that were so i think it may now be time to check in with the week that was in the nerdy news This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most s. Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Alrighty. It is nerdy news time. And sadly, we must start with some unfortunate news to report uh, earlier this week. We lost uh, an icon of popular culture. Uh, the actor Jeremy Bullock passed away this week at the age of 75. Um, if you don't know the name, you will know the character that he played, uh, that he is most known for playing. Um, <clears throat> and that is Boba Fett, ladies and gentlemen. He was the original Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back in 1980. 
uh, and then uh, Return of the Jedi in 1983. He originated the character. He was the original voice in uh, in the originals before uh, George Lucas updated the original trilogy to match the prequels. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we won't go into that. Nope. Oof. Um, but regardless, um, Jeremy definitely did an incredible job of carving such an imposing figure in Boba Fett, uh, especially in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, just the way he stands in that, how slowly and poised like he moves around and the, the way he delivers his lines is just is just wonderful and really helped to carve such an iconic character. I mean, the reason Boba Fett is so iconic is for those appearances in the original trilogy that's where it all began so um jeremy also appeared in a couple of james bond films Mm -hmm. he was in octopussy and uh for your eyes only as well and a really cool bit of trivia he actually had a cameo appearance in revenge of the sith back in 2005 and the coolest thing ever um, I found out he um, his character's name was actually uh, Jeremoch Colton. And so Jeremoch is obviously a, a, a mix between Jeremy and Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that's really sweet and really clever. A really nice way to honor him and his uh, legacy within the Star Wars universe. So rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock, and thank you for your incredible contribution to popular culture and uh, your legacy within Star Wars, you will definitely be missed. Okay, moving into other news now. We've got some Marvel news to start us off. Uh, And, you know, it wouldn't be a nerdy news segment without an update on Spider-Man 3 these days, (laughs) because that seems to be the way the world is going, which which is fantastic. Uh, This, however, is more of a rumor than actual confirmed news, but I'm mentioning it nonetheless. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church are in talks to return to uh, the Marvel uh, franchise in general um, to appear in Spider-Man 3 uh, in this incredible multiverse film that is just transforming with each casting announcement that is revealed. Um, Willem Dafoe, of course, originated uh, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, in Sam Raimi's trilogy, especially Spider-Man 1, um, and Thomas Hayden Church was the Sandman in uh, the original Spider-Man 3. Um, Mr. I- Sandman, <laughs> bring me a thing. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Make it end. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well done, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> of your little sing-alongs. I'm here for singing. Yeah, I love it. It's good. Uh, but yes, no conf- uh, no confirmation either way uh, if these guys are actually going to be 100% in the film. I mean, it's been reported and a lot of the rumors that are coming out about all the casting keeps turning out to be true. Mm. So it's looking pretty likely and very, very exciting. Uh, I guess we'll find out when we watch Spider-Man 3 next year. That's going to be a ripper if there ever was one. All right. In other movie news now, we've got some casting uh, for the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons film that is in the works. Chris Pine is in talks to play the lead role in the film. Uh, No information other than that as to what kind of character he's going to be playing. We still don't have any plot details on this upcoming, uh, I guess, reboot of the film franchise that is Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, He has a selection of six. Mm. He has a selection of six characters he can choose from. Yes, very true. Well... (laughs) 
<laughs> if you want to get into the tabletop of it all, um, yes, there's there's six different uh, types of what cre- creature or class, Mike, that he could be. Oh, class! You class. know, you got your page, you got your yes, you got your you got your wizard, you got your you know. I could go into you it. could you could, but it's okay. We won't. We won't. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the movie. No, <laughs> no we won't. We won't do that. We won't do that. Because it's a choose-your-own-adventure. You, we don't. Know yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, really cool to to see that he might be on board for this one. Chris Pine is obviously a very talented actor, and not that he needs another franchise because he's about to star in Wonder Woman 1984, um, and he's already done Star Trek. But you know, who knows? Give 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 him some love. He's very talented and does deserve it. So um, I will definitely be looking forward to watching him in this film when it eventually comes out. Uh, other movie news: we have uh, casting for the upcoming Whitney Houston biopic. I want to dance with somebody, and that is Naomi Aki will be playing Miss Whitney Houston herself. Wow. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with Naomi Aki, uh, she's most Known for playing, uh, was it Jenna in uh, in uh, Rise of Skywalker? I'm pretty sure that was her her character's name. I'm just going to fact check myself right now. Da da da. When it loads, Lando's daughter. Jenna. Yes, Jenna. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's it. We have Ron's. You know, internet theories are, but you know, the 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 the, the fine young woman on the horse in the in Rise of Skywalker that Lando at the end was like, let's find out where you come from, because um, she's a force sensitive former stormtrooper like Finn. So, uh, yeah, but she's a really talented actress, and uh, will be really cool to see how she brings uh, Miss Houston to life on the big screen. That's going to be a really interesting biopic. Um, apparently, like according to the reports out of everybody that they tested for, for Whitney, Naomi always stood out, uh, to the casting directors Mm. and the, the writers and producers on board with this project. So that's really cool to see. I'm sure she will do, uh, a really great job. Also, um, Clive Davis, who is well connected in the music industry and with Whitney Houston said that her screen test sent shivers up his spine. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the move, just to remind people, the movie is written by uh, Anthony McCartan, who also wrote uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh, and nice. we all know well how well that movie is. Yeah, so. such a great film. <laughs> such a good film. Yeah. So very, very cool to see. Stay tuned for more on that one as it unfolds. Um, now we're going to move into some TV news. And there was a trailer this came out uh, a week and a bit ago but we're catching up on news we missed because of the disney investor day special we did last week oh that was a thing that was a thing right okay. yes yes sorry you must have missed it because you weren't here must it must it yes. must a great big disney dump <laughs> yep mm-hmm. it was it was dumps it was dumps everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the dumps so great. Anyway, um, so... Dump, dump is the word. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I was trying to get along before you picked up on it. Leave me alone. Poor choice of words. <laughs> Spoonerism. <laughs> anyway, so uh, one of the From things... From old dump. <laughs> one of the things we missed last week uh, was the first trailer, the first look at the upcoming third season of Cobra Kai. Mm which will be on Netflix uh, only in a few weeks from now. Oh my gosh, it will be. (laughs) (laughs) 
Very, very excited about this one. Uh -huh. um, it looks really fantastic. So if you're a big fan of the of the show um, and you know can't wait until then, please go check out the trailer. It it uh, shows a lot without giving away the plot of the whole season, but obviously. Uh, you know, certain characters are sticking around mm. and being villainous and, and things seem to be coming a bit more grey in terms of, you know, who's good and who's bad yeah. kind of thing, which I'm really excited to get into uh, when they come back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it looks phenomenal. I can't wait. That's going to be epic. So check out Cobra, Cobra Kai fans, Karate Kid fans, if you're interested. The trailer is up and ready for your viewing. Um, this has me really curious um, another thing we missed uh, in the previous week's round of news, there is a reboot of True Blood coming. Uh, will be coming to HBO, executive produced by Alan Ball, who created the original series. Hmm. Um, but the really interesting thing is that it's being um, produced um, with uh, or produced by two people, uh, Jamie O'Brien and the notable name Roberto. Aguirre Sacasa, who is known for doing uh, Riverdale and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Ooh. will be bringing True Blood uh, back to the small screen on HBO. Uh, there is no confirmation as to um, what kind of form this reboot is taking, if it's going to be set in the same world with new characters, or if any of the cast are returning from the original run. There, uh, no cast have signed on or released any statements either way just yet so it's very early days mm. early development um the show only ended six years ago so it might be might be slightly too soon for mm. a reboot or a revisit to to this world but um if they've got a cool fresh take on it i'm all for it i will never say no to vampire related <laughs> content that's for sure um so yeah yeah because that shit will never die no it's immortal um, <laughs> <laughs> yes Yes, so look for that uh, if you've got HBO um, in the States uh, in probably a couple of years from now. That hopefully will be really, really cool. And lastly, in the nerdy news this week, um, some sad, disappointing news in the TV world. Uh, the uh, exciting, as it were, uh, Lizzie McGuire reboot is no longer going forward. Uh, with Disney uh, at all, period, unfortunately. Uh, sad so face. Mega sad face for a lot of fans out there that were really excited to check back in with Lizzie and her uh, her family and friends in the, you know, in the universe. Fulia uh -huh. is raising her hand, so I will be throwing to her in a moment for her thoughts on this um, because I never watched Lizzie McGuire, so I don't really have any kind of attachment to it, but I can understand people be, would be quite disappointed that this, because I remember when the reboot was announced, a lot of people were very, very excited, uh, you know, to, to check back in with mm. these characters and see what they were up to in a modern setting and now that they're all adults and everything as well. Um, that seems to be where the kind of issues with this has come about because there was a lot of behind the scenes turmoil going on in terms of what the creators uh, and writers of this reboot wanted versus what Disney wanted. Um, so first of first off, the uh, original creator and showrunner, uh, Terry Minsky, uh, was fired um, from this reboot because of the creative differences that arose, um, uh, which was, you know, very, very frustrating because, you know, they decided they wanted to 
make it a bit more of a, an adult take on Lizzie, considering mm. she's an adult now. Yeah. No need to do the high school uh, teenage thing anymore. So they wanted to do a more mature version. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the creator was kicked off the show and they were going in a different direction. And, and then there was rumors of it appearing on Hulu, um, as, you know, Disney tends to do when it's like, oh, this is too adult for Disney+. Plus. Here. Go on, go on Hulu. But now that's not even happening, and they've decided to pull the plug on the thing uh, indefinitely. So, um, yeah, Hilary Duff released a statement on her Instagram expressing her disappointment and, um, yeah, respect, I suppose, for uh, everyone that was involved in trying to bring this into fruition, but sadly just not meant to be at this time. So, yeah, that is that. Is that. And that was the nerdy news for this week. Uh, Fulia, my dear, your thoughts on things that happened? Why? I liked Lizzie McGuire growing up. (laughs) I wanted to see where she was in her adult life. It would have been really interesting. And just to see, because with the the whole concept of the show, was her inner thoughts were played out by a little cartoon version of herself. And it was really cute. Mm. And I I think that's the, the main part of it that I really enjoyed as well. Because... You know, it's it's the, it's one of those things where, as as a teenager going through high school, you have these particular type of thoughts. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know, and it gets it gets kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes you're arguing with yourself, and you, you just it just you you know, as a teenager, just your brain is just wired so differently. Mm. And so Lizzie McGuire kind of showed it like in a more visual way of what her brain was thinking at the time so it would have been interesting to see what the adult version of that would have been like um you know having the adult uh brain thoughts played out by an another like a cartoon version of her but in adult form yeah um that i think that aspect of that show was very entertaining um but also very enlightening because Mm. it showed you that you know you can have these different thoughts so um, it was really cool, and yeah, I'm just I'm sad and disappointed that they decided to pull the plug on this on the whole thing because um, it would have been really really fun to see mm. um, the adult Lizzie McGuire and her friends. <laughs> um, I was I was also a big fan of the movies. Oh, cool! <laughs> Especially the one where they go to Italy. <laughs> nice. That one. How many was, was? How many was there? I think it was only two. Two. Yeah. I can only remember the one, yeah, the uh, when they went there. The yeah, there was there was that one. There was one more before that, but yeah, the one that where they did the European trip was their more well-known one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's weird. Huh? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the follow-ups sort of better appreciated. Yeah, um, and what else? Um, look, let's bring back Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church. Why not? Yeah. I will be excited to have them back. Willem Dafoe in, in the original Spider-Man movies with to- Tobey Maguire was just... He was menacing and mm-hmm. just really intimidating. And I was scared of him. Me too. <laughs> when I watched that movie. God bless you both. It's yeah. so adorable. He's so freaky. It's like Jack Nicholson and the Joker all over again. It's like yeah. just... Oh, my God. Oh, man. Like, he creeped Maniacal. me out so much in that movie. Mm-hmm. But... I really enjoyed his performance as mm. the Green Goblin, so I feel like if if they bring him back as the Green Goblin again, that'd be really cool. Mm. Um, and um, Thomas Hayden Church, 
I've forgotten who he played. Sandman. He played the Sandman. That was that in number. Three? That was number three. Okay, so I haven't seen number that three. one. So, but you know, it'd be really interesting to see um, what you know what he would be like now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this iteration of the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man verse. So yeah, um, I'm really excited for Spider-Man three. Like, I really want to see what happens next. I just, you know, hey, give it to us soon, please. Yes. <laughs> MCU gods, please. <laughs> Kevin Feige, please. Relax for a <laughs> Sony. Just calm down Help a little me, bit, Sony, yeah? Sony, you're my only hope. What, Mike? Sony, you're my only yeah. hope. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're kind of the things that I got out of that more specifically from the Nerdy News. How about mm. yourself, Wayne? Yeah, it's sad to hear about Jeremy Bullock's passing uh, because I love how Boba Fett really... I think in his time was a great character, but just as time went on and Star Wars became what it is mm. <laughs> and continues to be, um, there was such an affection for the character. And I think it was really the fans who brought Boba Fett into yeah. sort of that limelight. And I love that Jeremy Bullock has that association. He originated the role. Yeah. And I think that's gorgeous. And yeah, has always been like such a great a great character. So it's a wonderful legacy to leave behind as the original Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That is gorgeous. Oh, look, I too am excited for Willem Dafoe and Thomas Hayden Church's return. Why not? I like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, even part three. Um, <laughs> look, it's not the best. No. But I'd still look Like, it's a fun enough movie, right? Yeah, fair yeah. enough. It's and um, <laughs> okay, I probably like it more than you do, Kendall. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but look, I think look, if they're gonna go all out multiverse and and whatnot, just do it. Go yeah, have fun with it. I think you've got the the breadth to do it now because um, it's at least playing around with an established formula. So. Um, I don't know. I think it will at least do something different. Mm. And if it fails, so what? You just go back to what you know. But I don't think it will. I mean, we know multiverses work. Like, hello, we had an amazing animated Spider-Man yeah. uh, movie. And mm-hmm. um, a- amazing actually is an understatement of how brilliant I felt that that, that film was. It was yeah. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I hope it's a thing. I hope it's a thing and I hope and I hope it does well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if not necessarily a mainstay, because sometimes multiverses, multidimensional things can be really confusing and to keep track of. But I think with Spider-Man, I think it'll be a nice little contained um, hero perspective to put it through. So that that's pretty cool. Um, look, I may have lost my shit over the Cobra Kai trailer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I literally squealed at one point, and I've never squealed for a trailer before, ever. <laughs> I cannot begin to tell you how excited I was. Um, there's a part of me that said, I wish I hadn't seen the trailer because it does show a lot. Mm. But I was just so excited for what it showed that I ended up not caring. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I cannot, 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 cannot wait for season three to kick in. I just, I want it now and I want it all. Yeah. And I want them to make number four. Yes. Right now. Yes. yes. Do um, it. it. This series is so amazing. Yeah. Um, I hope it runs a lovely, nice contained course. Yes. And it just ends beautifully. Yes. Um, as the, the folks who, who are in it, do say they really see them as just long movies as five-hour movies i'm all for that mm-hmm. um it's one of those where it's economical but it gets to the point there's no filler it's 
just so wonderfully done. I'm going to stop. Otherwise, I'm going to spend an hour talking about why <laughs> Cobra Kai is just one of the greatest of the most recent um, yeah. streaming series. It's just amazing. It's incredible. And the the season three trailer is really there for the fans of the series and of the films um, that it spins off from. So really, really excited about that. So I'm not going to lie. Out of the uh, recent trailers over the past few weeks this one had me the most excited <laughs> out of all the trailers that, that you've all talked about um, um in the past few weeks and even on the ones that we'll talk about today uh cobra kai season three has just got me <laughs> probably i i think it's actually been the most excited i've been for a trailer in a very long time oh wow yeah love this show i love it so yeah, much it's in- yes. it is incredible yeah it's yeah. it's so good um but yeah nice mix back from the from the news this week michael what were your thoughts on the nerdy news mate Yes, pour out for the homie of the Jeremy Bullock. Uh, you know, he, he's cemented in, in um, nerd culture and he'll be, he'll be in the stars right now and he'll live forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such amazing that uh, a character that only has six lines in two movies can, can be such a, such a memorable character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one of those lines is ah yeah. <laughs> oh, and we all know him, don't we? Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Uh, he's no he's no use to me dead. Uh, so 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 much and um and considering uh, what has happened in uh, Mandalorian to to bring back the sort of mystique of um, Boba Fett, uh, I think I think it's great that. Um, uh, I I hope that he's actually seen like Boba Fett go go from being mysterious to we understand his backstory to to you know that it's it's the joke of Star Wars. It's like he 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 died being a punk. Mm. He, he just got is his it, it was an accident that he died, but he's alive, well, kicking, and uh, no spoilers for the end of the Mandalorian of what happens at the end. Ah, <laughs> so great! Mm. So, my, uh, big buck of the win for Jeremy. Yeah, you'll be missed. Uh, I, yes, William Defoe, the the man who was pleading with the uh, with the uh, Sony Sony executives, like, if you're doing a Spider-Man movie, please let me be <laughs> the Green Goblin, because he was fighting for that role ever since he hit heard it uh, on the grapevine and he was just fighting and fighting and then they just said okay just do it and he just went ballistic and you can see it on he was having so much fun yeah. on screen he, even behind that that fucking dumb Power Rangers mask he yeah. was just having so much fun uh, and I don't know what they're going to do with um, the character uh, if they're going to harken back to his original suit or they're going to do special makeup and him doing being an actual green go- goblin. Ah, uh, oh, I would live for that. Him as green goblin and also a reference of uh, uh, Japanese Spider-Man as well. Hmm. We, we need Japanese Spider-Man. He's so great in that. And, um, yeah, Spider-Man 3 is just going to be awesome. Yeah, we, heard, uh, we, we, we have seen... We have seen uh, Spider-Man Enter the Universe uh, with the animated movie and the live action said, Hold my beer. Yeah, literally. Yeah, we're going to have 
everyone, <laughs> including Spider Pig <laughs> from The Simpsons, because because The Simpsons is now Disney now, yeah, they so could, they can say, hey, they could you, can do, do you that. can do Spider Pig now. Sorry, they could technically do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer, just Spider Pig, Spider Pig. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would die. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that that would be cool. Uh, I need, I still need to catch up on my Cobra Kai because I reckon we're going to be talking it as soon as we get back from our holiday. I think I that's reckon. a fair prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've got a couple of weeks to get back. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll push that forward onto my to-do watch list, and that's cool. Uh, Lizzie McGuire. I knew of Lizzie McGuire, but I didn't really get into it. Because I was a boy. I was into boys stuff. You know, that old, same old, same old. But, yeah, it is a shame. And that uh, they couldn't couldn't get to work. Putting on my rider's hat, it would be very interesting of an adult with um, an inner monologue. And being, uh, like, going through, like, I don't know, depression and maybe. So they'd probably tackle something like that. And it would be very hard uh, to tackle that, if it, if the format is going to be like sort of for um, for a family audience, or or anything like that, so because when you're an adult, you everything up here is fucking crazy. I mean, I I'm, I'm not going to me- mention what what um, you know a mental illness would deal with that, and where she is with her life. Well, I don't know. It, it would be de- it would be definitely hard to actually um, pinpoint an actual good balance so it's probably it's probably a blessing in disguise that they didn't do that uh which is kind of strange if we're going if we're talking about star wars as well it's like they could have had the foresight of actually not doing it because it was just a big mess yeah so that's basically it for me what about you kendall is there anything that is, that you're surprised about no 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 yeah. i'm i'm pretty pretty happy with most of that do you yes. have a little cartoon in a voice? No. Telling you to stop it. Just stop. No. Well, one of the more sort of famous in terms of the recent, you know, in like last decade or two that did depict that was Ali McBeal. I don't know if anyone ever watched oh. that. Does that tackle so, sort of similar? Well, it's um, not mental illness per se, but, um, but Ali's inner thoughts were always played out. So, oh. for example, like, um, if she saw someone that she just instantly fell in love with, mm. you'd then have a cutaway of her being shot by Cupid's arrow. Um, right. And if any- Scrubs. I was going to say. Scrubs does it too. Scrubs yeah. does it. Yeah, JD yeah. fantasizes a lot. Yeah, so so with, with Ali, there would always always be that um and vonda shepard would play like the lounge singer to their normal haunt that they would go to mm-hmm. but all of her songs would reflect what's going on in oh. ali's life so it'd be like she's they're representing ali's subconscious yeah that's cool yeah um yes yeah, so ali mcbeal's a really yeah it's a, it's an interesting one yeah nice yeah. I, I really need to watch that because i'm pretty sure robert danny jr was in that show for a yes, time yes he was yes yeah. and, and left briefly when he had to go to prison no Sadness. Anyway, yeah, just going down the highway, just with a bucket full of cocaine and throwing out, uh, throwing imaginary rats out the window. 
<laughs> but he's Spider-Man now, so. <laughs> Iron Man. Damn it. He could be Spider-Man. Why not everyone else is in the bloody movie? Hell yeah. <laughs> May as well throw him in. Oh, all right. As a corpse. <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. Let's not do that. No? Okay. Okay. Don't be... Don't be too... Don't, yeah, don't be glib. Let's, let's... Stop no. it. Stop no. it. No. Talk about happy stuff. Yes. I mean, fuck. Speaking, speaking happy of happy... Day. These... Yes. <laughs> We're going to get happy from from this moment on. We're going to now wrap up the nerdy news mm-hmm. and roll on up to the trailer park. Yeah. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeah. All right. It's trailer park time. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> Three trailers this week as per usual, uh, two of which are for upcoming TV series. And we're going to start with one of them right now. The first teaser trailer for the upcoming Walker series on the CW starring Jared Padalecki. Woo! Who's yes. that? It's from Friday the 13th. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's what he's most known for, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the only one that that Michael cares uh, about. <laughs> I thought you were trolling. No, it's not a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's it true. It can't be a troll. It's where he's from. Kendall. Yeah. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, look, it's been so long since you were here. I'm just on the off. I'm on the defense. No I reason. know you're like. No, what's that? A legitimate response from you, Wayne? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> a legitimate response from you was before when you were talking about the Cobra Kai trailer. Like, yes. and, I'm, and you were talking about, like, out of all the trailers, this is it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's serious. Yeah, he's yeah, not he's not trolling. He's actually legitimate. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> anyway, gold leader. Uh, so, Walker. So, this is the first trailer uh, for the Walker Texas Ranger reboot. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it just yet. I might wait and see uh, what the reviews are, uh, what uh, other people think, uh, especially people in the Supernatural fandom. <laughs> will be really curious to hear uh, their thoughts, um, especially the lady to my right, um, what she thinks of it. Um, <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, it's it's cool to see, you know, uh, Jared jumping into another big project. You know, he doesn't stop. Um, you know, and, and Supernatural only ended not even a month ago. And in another month from now, we'll be seeing him as a completely different character and a completely different world. And um, looks cool. And it's kind of cool to see him play someone that's so so different from Sam Winchester, it seems. Like, yeah. he's, he's a kind of troubled soul mm. of a of a uh, Texas Ranger here. Like, he's, 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 he's a, a widower for one. As well, he lost his wife under you know mysterious, troubling circumstances. It seems, and um, yeah, he's not handling it well, and clearly has maybe a, an anger problem to him. Just lots of issues going on. It's mm-hmm. uh, I, I, so I'm looking forward to seeing like if I do end up watching it, which I, I very well might, to be honest. Um, you know how uh, like you know just getting to see Jared Padalecki do something a bit different, uh, broaden his range quite a bit because we know he's he's very talented. 
uh, actor. So um, yeah, that will be really good. And yeah, it looks. I mean, it's a really good cast. The whole like the whole thing looks um, yeah like really well made, really well produced. I mean, it's a CW show, so those ones are usually pretty good quality. Heavy on the drama, of course, but mm. you know that's that's what they're known for, and that's what they're good at. So. Yeah, I just hope it's a success for Jared, most most of all. That's where my, my feelings are. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Fulia, what do you think? Um, I'm actually very curious about this particular show. I, I'm not one to go into the really sort of dramatic type series similar to this. Um, but just the fact that it's Jared Padalecki, like... He's he's producing this. Mm. Um, he's he's the lead actor in this. He's got his wife in it. <laughs> that was her, wasn't it? It was, was Genevieve. Like, yeah, I'm like, it was Genevieve. I'm recognizing her, and like that's not his wife. It is. It? is. Like, it's yeah. Okay. It's his wife. Well, look at that. <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if the kids in the actual photo frame photo are actually uh, his actual their kids. kids. Yeah. So fair enough. <laughs> Um, That's cool. But I am kind of interested to see where he goes. I, I actually do want to see Jared playing different roles and just seeing his versatility in his acting. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see him in something that is, you know, different from uh, Supernatural, obviously. Yeah. Um, he's just so um, caught up in the death of his wife hmm. in this series um, from the trailer that he's he's getting to a point where he just doesn't want to let go. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he's still kind of in a denial type of phase, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but from what the IMDb description is telling me, he's, fi- he's slowly finding out that there's something suspicious about his wife's death. So I think... That's why he can't stop thinking about her. Yeah, yeah. Um, which will be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. In that sort of sense. Um, the fact that because he's from Austin anyway, it just makes sense that he's going to be, you know, yeah. the, the Texas Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good casting. It was nice to see him, you know, riding around on a horse with a cowboy hat, wrangling someone. <laughs> with a lasso yeah was, that was that was an incredible shot um but yeah like like i said i'm just i'm very curious to see um how this show goes and just to see the versatility in jared's acting mm. um wayne yeah well the original walker texas stranger was a really popular series mm. and it's not one that i had seen i know of it and i've seen bits and pieces of it um and that seemed to be a bit more family orientated. Yeah. I think one of those that had like, you know, the moral to the end of the story. Yeah. Um, I think this one being on the CW, it's obviously got, it's aiming for a younger demographic, which is cool. Um, and since he's obviously got this, um, unresolved feelings, I suppose of his, uh, of his wife's passing, um, putting that really politely and I don't know why I am, but you know, putting that subtly, but um, yeah, there's obviously issues that are still troubling him. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like that's going to be not only an underlying theme, but maybe a linking um, an overarching storyline that maybe he's trying to get to the bottom of it, that he can't accept the reasons behind it. I think in terms of a plot device and narrative um, structure that makes it quite meteor. So I feel like, that that's already giving it this different angle. Mm. Um, 
I can't myself say that I'm really keen to watch it, but you know what? It does have a great cast. It um, yeah, it's on a network that really puts a lot behind its shows and. Um, you know, really will try them out and support them. So, look, I, I think it's actually going to at least have a successful first season. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. But no, we, we wish everyone involved all the best. Again, not really my cup of tea, I don't think. But I think it'll find a great fan base. I think it'll find a nice loyal fan base and hope it does well for everyone. Yeah, I mean, the production quality looks really good. Mm. I have to say, I think it looks really nice. I yeah. Think it's, no, it's, a, it's a solid thing. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, I know of um, Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, and I haven't seen any well any of it, but I know I know the memes that have come from it. So <laughs> there, there's definitely a huge following uh, with people watching it and also um, being in meme status. So it, it's definitely a good, reliable IP, and also uh, people from the uh, um, supernatural side coming over as well. So. It's definitely got legs. Uh, will I see it? Probably not. But all four people who actually enjoy it. Um, it's a it's a story that's definitely intriguing. Uh, his uh, inner turmoil of um, uh, the death of well, maybe the death or the disappearance of his wife. Or, uh, I, yeah. Uh, mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't really say much. Uh, you've all covered it. So what can I say? Um... He needs a bigger beard <laughs> if he's going to be exactly like Chuck Norris. I mean, <laughs> it, come on. He needs a big beard because, you know, Chuck Norris had a beard. Everyone's got a beard. Needs a beard. <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest gripe. And that's why I'm not going to watch it because it's <laughs> a beard. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, Kendall? Have you got a beard? <laughs> Thankfully, no. No, no. <laughs> Just lots of hair. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for those in the US, uh, you'll be able to catch the premiere of Season 1 of Walker on the 21st of January on the CW. Very exciting. I m- imagine it If it was be... Australian, it would be called Walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Different um, context altogether. Yeah, <laughs> quite. Um, but yeah, here in Australia, I imagine it will be airing on Foxtel or Binge. So, uh, watch this space for that. Next. Walk about Kimberly, uh, Kimberly, uh, Rangers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try to make, try to make work. It didn't work. It okay, kind of worked. To, sort of. Back, back to the writing. Back to, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Back to the trailers. Back to the next trailer, uh, which is for another upcoming series. Uh, and this one is called Resident Alien. This was my favorite trailer this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm biased because it's Alan Tudyk. <laughs> and I love him so sh- much. Are you sure it's not called Resident Alan? Resident <laughs> Alan. <laughs> oh my God. That's what, if that's what like the entertainment weekly cover is going to be. It's going to be a picture of him and it says Resident Alan instead of alien. <laughs> You should trademark that, Michael. Yeah, do it, do it. I'm going to get lots of money. Lots of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, so this is a really cool uh, series looking, like it looks really great. Um, I mean, it's it's not an entirely original concept. I mean, these, uh, you know, 
um, shows and films of you know aliens trying to blend in with hum- human society have been done before. I suppose my favorite Martian might might kind of you know call, be called to mind uh, as a something kind of similar, just to you know an alien that's you know blending in to really you know not great success whatsoever, <laughs> um, yeah. sticking out like a sore thumb. But um, but no, this kind of it kind of seems like a cross between a sci-fi and like a Fargo type show. Yeah, you know, because it's kind of got that quirky black comedy to it, mm. uh, like <laughs> murder mystery sort of vibe thing going on. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna check this out. I mean, it looks it looks hilarious. Um, Alan Tudyk always gives good performances in everything he does, um, and yeah, and this one looks really unique and really, really funny, really quirky. Yeah. His character um, also kind of gave me a lot of, uh, you know, tingly, heartwarming kind of moments towards the end of the trailer. Mm. Like, you know, because clearly he wants to be accepted amongst humanity and, and fit in and be loved and all of that. And um, so there's going to be some really interesting stories told, I think with his character in this show and the supporting cast, uh, amused me to no end. Lots of laughs were had at certain, certain Just the <laughs> la- way he tries to laugh like a human. Oh well, yeah. The, that too. Ha! Ha! Yeah. Him. Ha, Sounds ha, like a goose. Ha, ha. <laughs> yes. It's a, a fantastic, great goose. Um, yeah, that was hysterical, but yeah, no, with the supporting characters, um, uh, especially the two, uh, cops, uh, had, had me very, you know, much laughing quite a bit with their, their dialogue. Uh, yeah, it looks really, really cool. I mean, it's a sci-fi channel production. So again, another, another, uh, channel that's known for putting out quality, uh, really good long lasting shows as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll be checking this one out. What do you reckon, Fulia? I agree. I hmm. am looking forward to actually watching this. This is really funny. Uh, Alan Tudyk is just amazing. He's so great. He's such an awesome <laughs> comedic actor. Yeah, yeah. And his comedic timing is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I love the little quirks that his character has in the trailer. The, you know, just the fact that he's tr- this alien trying to blend in with the humans and he claims to be a doctor of all things. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and helps out with murder mysteries, which is really cool. So the that side of things has me hooked in mm-hmm. because I love a good murder mystery. I love good crime drama. But the fact that this has also got some comedy elements in it. All right, I'm in. I am definitely in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see Alan doing... A show like this, because I've seen him cameo in a few other shows where he's very, we'll say, the evil type. Yeah. And it's, he's a very sadistic evil. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see as well. Um, and I always enjoy Alan Tudyk's performances. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always so much fun to watch. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no. Resident e- Resident Evil? No, Resident yeah. Alien. <laughs> Definitely on my list to watch. How are you watching? I really like this trailer. <laughs> I, I love how quirky it is. Yeah. I think 
I think it's, I don't know, there's just something sweet about it. Mm. I think there's potential for some lovely dark humor. Yeah. Um, and, some ch- and some genuine, like, tender moments, I think, as he's just trying to find his place in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he's just being his gorgeous self, really. Um, and I don't know, I just think there's a really lovely message about it. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing more I can really say about this, but I, I was actually quite charmed by it. Yeah. I found it really charming, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, like, it's, I'd, be, I'd happily give the series a go, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, a lot of talent, there's a lot of nice quirkiness about it. I mean, you know, like, if I'm be- playing devil's advocate, you, you risk that it feels a little gimmicky, and how long can you sort of stretch that out? Mm. But I don't know, I feel like it's going to be a lot more sophisticated than that. I guess it needs to be, because like you said, Kendall, it's sort of, it's it's not nothing really that hasn't been done before. It's essentially a fish out of water story, yeah. right? Um, but that's okay. Perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. It was a pleasant surprise. I didn't, yeah. No, all I had was the title and I didn't really know what to expect from it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, pleasantly surprised. Um, what did you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely a, a good romp, and it definitely got me hooked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. even, even if you just say the phrase, Fargo, Mork with Orc. Mm, oh my true. god, yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm in. I mean, <laughs> is that definitely an awesome sort of concept, and... Uh, are the uh, um and for some reason I'm thinking uh is it going to be like a Dexter sort of thing? Is it? Mm. <laughs> uh, are all these uh, all these murders from from different aliens as well? So it's a little bit of Dexter meets Men in Black. That would be <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll be writing for it. But but yeah, um, Alan Tudyk. Well, I haven't seen him in much. Um, uh, I haven't seen Firefly. That's that's a given. That people know that I haven't seen Firefly. Uh, probably never will. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> why? Don't trigger me. I, I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to be disappointed. You won't. Oh, I oh, will. I. <laughs> well, you'll be disappointed <laughs> with the fact that you'll get into it and then it'll end. Uh, I'll watch Serenity. Yeah. Or whatever the movie's called. Serenity. Yes. Yeah. The 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 unofficial second chapter. Blah blah blah. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I first met Adam Tudyk uh, in Death at a Funeral. Oh, my God. He's so good in that. That movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I screamed yeah. the first time I watched that. I never laughed. I screamed yeah, through that movie. It's so good. Such a good movie. Oh, yeah. my God. Gosh. I love it. Have you seen it, Fulia? No. Okay. You'd really like it, I think. We need a movie night where you watch <laughs> Death at a Funeral. Yeah, and oh don't don't watch the American uh, remake. You don't need to. You don't need to. I mean, no. I've, I've heard it's fine, but yeah. the original English uh, ver- cast version is just... Yeah, I was <laughs> I was going to say, it's uh, yeah, look, the, the American one is fine, like I've seen it. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Unoffensive, but totally unnecessary when you've got a masterpiece like the original. Yeah. yeah. Frank Oz, yeah, come on, he knows, he knows comedy. He does, my and, God, and he Peter does. Dinklage as well. Uh, yeah, yes, before he was Tyrion, mm. mm-hmm. before anything else. Mm. I, I, I don't think I actually watched Elf either uh, before I watched that. Oh. So that was my, that, that's where I first met uh, um, Peter Dinklage mm. as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't say introduce, I say met, because we all meet each other through through films and television. We do. 
Yes. So <laughs> definitely going to be watching this one. Yeah. Uh, somehow. I don't know. So it's going to be on my to-do list. Wonderful. Uh, should I put it above Firefly or below Firefly? I don't know. <laughs> what, what about you, Kendall? Do you, do you think this is going to be better than Firefly? <laughs> don't ask me that. Probably not. I was going to say the answer is sort of there, isn't it? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Kendall would think that at all. Yeah, no. Probably not. Maybe. But, you know, I'm very, 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 very biased. So I'm the, really the wrong person to ask. Um, but anyway... On a serious note, um, <laughs> for those living in the US that want to check out Resident Alien, it will be airing on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, from uh, the 27th of January. So yeah, again, Resident Alan. Yes. So Alan. 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 So Alan. Alan. <laughs> Alan. 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 So, again, 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 for us here in Australia, it'll be on most likely Foxtel or Binge if we want to check it or out. Or possibly Stan. Or possibly Bilge. Stan. That could be cool because, actually, I'm pretty sure Walker is going to be on Stan. Yeah. Yeah. I it forgot, is. I forgot to mention yeah. that. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. Yes, Stan here in Australia has the rights to Walker. So, if, if people want to check it out when it starts airing, it's Stan be on Walker. Stan Walker. <laughs> Stan Walker, yeah. Oh, look, Stan Walker. (laughs) Yes. Another talented human being. All right. One more trailer, ladies and gentlemen, and it's for a a film by the name of French Exit. Um, My goodness, I'm definitely going to be watching this. This looks really, really good. Um... A nice kind of blend between drama and uh, some comedy going on, I think. Um, and maybe quite poignant in some moments as well. Uh, hats off immediately to this cast, because not only do you have uh, Lucas Hedges, Oscar nominee, who I recommend people watch everything he does, because he is insanely talented, it's ridiculous... Mm. Especially in Boy Erased, my goodness. Yeah, uh, I watched that recently, actually. <gasps> did you like it? I did. Yeah, yeah I thought good. did. Yeah, I thought he handled some of the uh, dramatic scenes incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's a great movie. Actually, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's so good. Um, but of course, the woman of the hour in this film is the one and only Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> a queen in her own right. Three-time Oscar nominee. Yes, three-time Oscar nominee Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully a fourth nomination from this because it looks like a really great performance from her. I mean, every time she steps in front of a camera, it's a great performance. She could sneeze and it would be great. Um, but, uh, but no, this character that she's portraying kind of looks, you know, like a really, a really interesting uh, woman who's going through a lot but it is also kind of living in denial with the fact that the life she once knew is kind of ended and she doesn't really know how to carry on and she was planning on killing herself because she was just waiting to die and <laughs> all of this. So it's all kind of dark as well. So um, that could be uh, really intriguing to explore these kind of facets of this character and um, also the relationship between uh, her and her son in the film played by Lucas Hedges looks really, really uh, fascinating to watch um yeah i'm very very intrigued by this i don't think it, it gives away too much but it tells you just enough shows you just enough mm. to really pique your curiosity 
I think I think it'll be a very entertaining uh, ride. Fulia, what do you reckon? Yeah, I I think this is going to be uh, a really cool film. Um, I'd be happy to watch this. This it looks really interesting. Um, just little quirks that are happening throughout some of the scenes in the trailer uh, really intrigued me, uh, especially with you know Michelle Pfeiffer's character has a bit of sass about her, especially yeah. when she speaks French. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Which was very on point. Mm, it was, might, very, might I say, very good French. <laughs> um, I love the I love the fact that she's just spending this time with her son as well, um, with and with a black cat. Yeah, her yes. little pet. Um, this kitty goes everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's a very interesting looking story, I think. Um, and man, Michelle Pfeiffer just yeah, give her the give her the Oscars. Give just give her all the awards. <laughs> yeah. It's true because we all know that she was robbed quite a few years ago. Yes, absolutely. We don't talk about that. <laughs> No. <laughs> we'll bring it up, I won't talk about it. It's fine. 1989, 1990 award season. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Swept every other major category in every other... Um, it doesn't matter, keep going. Oh, <laughs> one of those ones. I hate it when that happens. Mm. Anyway. Well, what are your thoughts, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> A perfect time to throw over to Wayne. Yeah, I might check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, I think this is going to be an interesting film, actually, taking my uh, biases of the cast aside. Um, I feel like, though, its tone can go either way. Because sure. it's like, it seems like it's very dry humour. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it's based on a popular novel uh, that, that I have not read, but apparently the book French Exit is really is quite held in, in high regard. Um, so we'll see how it translates to the screen. But you're right, the cast is wonderful. It looks nice. I love the way it's shot. Um the trailer does show a lot, so I think if you're not won over by the trailer, the film won't won't do it for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the tone is actually nailed in that trailer. Yeah, um, feels like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out. Um, there was buzz for Michelle actually about an Oscar nomination for this. Ooh. Yeah, which I have to say, it doesn't. For me, the film doesn't really. Scream Oscar contender to No, be no, not entirely. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting that some people have put that put that forward, but I don't know. But like yeah, I I will check it out. I think I think it looks like fun. It has the potential to be, I think, um to be some nice dry humour and I, and I think that's kinda cool. Because it's not really explored a lot in cinema. No. Really. Um, you know, dark humour, yes. Um but this type of humor, no. So yeah, no. It's, a, it's definitely a curious piece, I think. I think, but I feel like it's one of those movies you'll either really like or dislike. I don't, I don't sense middle ground here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of it, Michael? Yeah, um, it's definitely an interesting film. Um, uh, definitely indie mm. that I, I quite like. Um, as you say, as you said, Wayne. It, it, uh, if it's a, a contender for Oscars, it, it's probably a thing. It's probably one of those movies that sort of fly under the radar. Yeah. And, until Oscar um, buzz, come, well, the Oscar contenders come out, it's like, oh, what's this film? And then people like delve into it. And uh, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I reckon it's going to be one of the one of those. Um, one of those ones that probably fly under the radar at first, and then probably gets picked up. 
Yeah. Like, like pretty quickly because it definitely looks intriguing. Mm. And yeah, and I do enjoy a bit of dry wit. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult to get right, and, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a difficult yeah. type of humor to get right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it could just be absolutely like horrendous uh, if it's done wrong. If it's done wrongly, but but it, it looks like it ha- has some legs, and um, I'll probably have a yeah, I'll probably have a, a look at it. Uh, what about you, Kendall? When when are we gonna uh, when are we gonna try and see this f- film? This film, well, um, no release date for Australia just yet, but. It will be released in the U.S. on the 12th of February for a limited run. And it will be available for those in the U.K. on the 26th of February. Yeah, so we'll probably get it around about then, mm. then, 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 Alan, Alan, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, uh, that is Trailer Park. This week, wrapped up, done, um, booyah, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's making a lot of gestures and I'm reacting to them. Um, awesome. Going booyah. Yeah. Okay. If only we were on Twitch. <laughs> if only we were on Twitch. Oh, dear. <laughs> one day. Maybe one day we will. Okay. Uh, so, speaking of one day... Uh, things we said we've been talking about we were going to do for a long time. <laughs> we're finally going to do it in this uh, potentially not so quick quickie review. Quickie review. Depending on how much we remember. So. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so we were waiting for the next opportunity for the four of us all to be together so we could have a bit of a chin wag about the latest season of The Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which uh, Wayne Foley and myself finished about a month ago, probably. Yeah. yeah. And then Mike, about two, three weeks ago, I think, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because you binged yeah. the whole series to catch up to us. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, one episode a day. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily a full binge, but, you know. Yes. It, it was a it was a it was a nice um, it was a nice cup of tea at the end of the day that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Um, well, considering it's probably slightly more fresh for you than it is for us, did you want to start us off with what did you what your thoughts of just just season four of The Crown were? In general, um, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting series that. Uh, I, um, I sort of dropped out and then came back in, and I think I think it's a good series to actually binge, and it's actually written uh, as as such to binge because um, being Netflix as it is, they sort of throw the entire season uh, down, and then and then you do what and you do your own sort of uh, watching method, and um, it's. It's definitely interesting that with these sort of uh, series that they 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 sort sort of write them in a way that they have to binge, unlike um, say Cheers, mm. um, as you say they they um, you can binge them all and 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 they don't really touch the size. It's like okay, what was that thing? Uh, I can't really remember 
individual episodes. It's just, oh yeah, that happened and that happened, but I can't remember which episode it was. Uh, but with these episodes, they they definitely like uh, categorize like each and every episode, which is actually great. And because I I do enjoy my history, and this definitely like dives in into the sort of history of uh, the crown at the time being. Uh, what was it like? The it start. It went from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen ninety. This season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a full, like almost a, a ten year gap between each, uh, between uh, in the actual series, which I don't mind because um, otherwise, um, I did, uh, I did, um, I did sort of have a bit of a quibble. Uh, because I wasn't quite sure of how, how they were going to uh, start and and end of this end at this, and it was actually quite nice at the end of actually realizing this is what they actually uh, would portray as like this particular episode is for this particular um, time and place, like like with the uh, uh, the introduction of Maggie Thatcher, and up until she leaves uh, at the. At the end, so it's sort of like the Maggie Rain, as, yeah. they, as they say, and also the introduction, and also in between is also the introduction of um, Charles, uh, Charles and uh, Diana, and their sort of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't really uh, say romance, can you? No, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, um, you know, yeah, ma- um, a happy, happy love affair. Their uh, love, oh, whatever that means. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So, vomit. So yeah, I, I, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to like, um, like, ah, oh, I I can't really express into words. Like, I I have a vague memory of, well, a vague knowing of the royal family. I I I, I do tend to not not be a royalist, basically. So I, I only know like bits and pieces, but. Uh, the stuff with Diana is de- definitely like um, within living memory. Yeah, uh, and especially for for us who are roughly roughly eighty eighties eighty kids and and nineties kids, and we're sort sort of familiar of that sort of time period. And I do love me eighties stuff, especially with my eighties politics. I mean, with Maggie Thatcher, it's just a person that you just fucking love to hate. <laughs> and and oh, yeah. I really enjoy I really enjoy the um the the depiction of uh, Maggie Thatcher as well. They they definitely don't, don't uh, pull uh, they definitely don't um, uh, hold any punches when it when it comes to her dealing with her uh, with her life as well. So I I, de- I definitely enjoyed the sort of the the Maggie timeline then uh, uh, Charles and Diana uh, the royal side. Of it, which is kind of uh, kind of ironic, because considering it's called the Crown, um, yeah, uh, with uh, Charles and Diana, it's uh, it's it was just a bit harrowing, and just just watching like a person just falling apart, mm. and her just dealing with this sort of like this family basically, and her life. I mean, she would, uh, after watching this, I I, I went to uh, I actually watched the. Um, uh, the what was the um documentary? It's like um. So there's uh, on Netflix. 
Yeah. So yeah. There, there, uh, there was two. One, one of them's moved to Stan now, which is the one I watched called Diana in Her Own Words. Yeah, an, I, I've watched that one. You as watched well. that one? I watched that one too. It's quite good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's go, just her go. side of it, obviously, but it's so uh, wonderful to hear her voice yeah. and actually hear her speak and talk about um, these things that happened to her and what she experienced and especially after watching the latest season of The Crown and hearing that sentiment echoed on what Peter Morgan's done as yeah. he's constructed this fourth season. Like obviously yeah. there's lots of different sides to the same story. And, and a lot of creative license and in this season. And a lot of creative license has, yeah. t- has taken place but there are some things that have held true um, at least. So, so that's, but it's, yeah, it's a great doco, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's probably uh, this is probably as much as I can actually say. I mean, I mean, uh, I don't. For some reason, my mum like loves the royals and all, all that, especially with Diana as well. Mm. Uh, so, so as I said, we had alternative family Christmas, and we were talking about the crown, and and I, I didn't really have the heart to say, well, I'm a I'm a Republican, mum. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't I don't want Charles to be. Be our king, so so you know I just kept that kept that at my breast, and it's like, and especially after this, especially after this season, Charles is just a manipulative piece of shit. Mm. I mean, there's no two ways about yeah two ways about it. It's, that's got that's got me feeling, and it may be creative uh, creative license, but it's probably my uh, confirmation bias coming out. Was you know. it, was there any sympathy though for Charles because he was um, still a victim? Of the institution that he was born into, yeah. Um, you know, Diana, a victim of the institution she married into and b- was brought into, really, mm. um, because she would be the perfect and obedient queen, right? Or so everyone thought. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like Charles is difficult to like in comparison. Yeah. But we all also can't help our preconceived biases. Um, because let's face it, if he was squaring off against someone else besides Diana, it might be better for him because, you know, she's martyred and held in such high esteem. So, you know, no yeah. one wants to touch her, no, right? You know, no. because you, you can't win. No. Um, and, you know, Charles became the villain as soon as she had died, if not already before then, really. Yeah. And a show like this does accentuate that, but... Mm. I don't know. It's kind of like there's some behaviors from the royal family as depicted in 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 this work of fiction um, that I don't know just says a lot about the institution itself, yeah, or the firm, as it's called, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or referred to, right? Um, I don't know. Like I ju- I just felt that both of them were miserable throughout the whole time, yeah, um, and both just sort of handled it in the way they knew how to. Um, they had examples of both of them trying to make the marriage work mm. and one could argue one tried harder than the other. Yeah. Which is fair. Like, which is a fair statement, I think. And I think in real life as well, right? But, I don't know. Like, did anyone think that Charles was... Did anyone have sympathy for Charles at all? Just... I can probably understand it because <laughs> we, actually, we, we actually looked at his childhood as well. Yeah. I think that was probably a, a thing as well that he he, he had a pretty terrible child yeah and he has to deal with this sort of life that he has to live and and considering he's the next in line of the throne is probably probably a thing but 
you have to deal with the cards that you're dealt with and yeah. yeah well i feel like um one can have some element of sympathy for charles having watched uh season three of mm. the crown not yeah. just because it's played by the same actor but and it's only said a few years before but just certain things that happened to charles during season three really kind of make you be charmed by him you you kind of fall in love with him a little bit yeah. like he's very endearing and and you know seems to have a good nature about him and wants to do good and wants to live up to his family's name and mm. the prince title he has um and then yeah you so then you go into season four and at the beginning it's kind of uh, everything's a bit tumultuous for him because you know he's been forbidden to be with camilla yeah and that's really the catalyst for this entire disaster for everything yeah it's a it's a, a snowball domino effect yeah and, you know he loses his you know i don't know surrogate father if you will yeah um, that as well yeah you know, so that yeah. that can be traumatic and that was interesting because that was um in the era of the troubles right yeah, of this yeah. sort of internal war um i was disappointed they didn't explore the troubles more because Same. uh as as neutral as the royal family are supposed to be they're political figures. Yeah. They like they are. They do so much. They do so much in terms of the politics and peacekeeping, if you will, even in diplomacy. Um, you know, not only in Europe but around the world, really, because they've colonized half the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> right, and have you know they have a damaging legacy, but they still have a tie to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's interesting. But um, but yeah, fully. What were your thoughts about Charles in this in this season? Um, look, in this season, he just came off to be a bit of a jerk, to be honest. Yeah, no sympathy. No, no, not really, no. Okay. Um, just the fact that he was so whiny about the fact that he couldn't be with Camilla, yeah. and you know the you know the fact that he was jealous of Diana and her popularity. Um, yeah. I felt for with the, her there. With the, with the media. Yeah. It was, yeah. That was a little petty of him, I think. Yeah. It really was. Like, he didn't see her as the advantage to him. Exactly. Everyone may... And look, and I can appreciate it, that back in the day, you're the prince, right? Single. Everyone wants to see you. Yeah. But then you've got this beautiful wife, and if you've got people... And you know what? I know, again, I know it's a work of fiction, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is real feedback. But if you've got people who openly express their disappointment that they're on the wrong side of the street yeah. um, when lining up for a parade. Like, I'm sorry, that'll hurt. I don't care who you are. Oh, that, yeah. That is hurtful, right? I think my mum would probably be in that category. Oh, I reckon <laughs> any royalist would be. Yeah. I reckon yeah. absolutely any royalist would be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because also we make such a, a bigger deal of princesses over princes, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. They've got the tiaras, the beautiful... Beautiful dresses. But of course, and this is the broad appeal of Diana, really, was the the fact that she seemed very much like an everyday woman. Yeah. She didn't seem so rigid. She didn't have any airs about her. No. And the fact that she wanted to bring William over. There's Mm. that wonderful conversation there about how um, the Queen talks about how, um, you know, she left Charles and Anne behind. Yes. Right? And... You know, there's this implication that that was a bad thing to do. And she doesn't see that. She's like, what are you talking about? That tour was a fantastic success. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean, it just shows it's a different era. Right? 100%. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was, it was so interesting to kind of, uh, see this portrayal of their marriage, mm. you know, um, cause I didn't really know t- how bad it actually was. Yeah. Did you like, realize it was from the get go? Yeah. I didn't, not yeah. at all. And I, and you know what, one of the most powerful choices I think they made was to never show the two of them kissing. There was no... That is true. There was no... Obviously, there's that one episode where you have uh, the, the peak... And, and this was my favorite episode of the whole season, and not because it was set in Australia, but, but Terra Norius mm. yeah. was the what probably the best episode of the season because it really gave you the best glimpse into their relationship um, and the, the highest highs and the lowest lows of it. And that... You know, so it was really nice to see them dancing at that dinner. That was beautiful. Yeah, you, yeah. Feel, you could see the love on Diana's face, and they were actually together yeah. and having a great time. And then, you know, obviously they spent the night with each other, yeah. and that was really sweet to see. And then, you know, a month later, they're at each other's throats again, even after they've made a promise to each other to work this out. To try. I, I broke my heart quite a bit. It gives you a glimpse of how much of a powerful couple they could have been. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they were both on oh, the same page the work, whole time. working together. Yeah. It just so like, how, you know, I mean, like... different be- things would because, be. Because, yeah, their position gives them power. But yeah. it's what you do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, we, and we saw, right? And we saw in, in real life what they did with their positions. Both did and still do incredible things particularly when it comes to humanitarian and environmental causes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so combine them together, how yeah. how huge that could have been. And I know that they depicted, you know, um, Prime Minister Bob Hawke not being a fan, not really wanting, um, which has been proven false. But um, Made him the villain? Yeah, I mean, I... even if Hawke was a, a Republican, which is fair, but the level of anti-monarchy that he's depicted, again, totally false. Okay. Uh... But it does then... <laughs> but, it's, but it's used as a creative choice to emphasise the power of the Charles and especially Diana combination because yeah. they're two are... Save the monarchy in Australia. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is what it's pushing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Michael. <laughs> Mike, you've got some feelings. And look, you from... may, uh, Kendall, you may like that episode. I fucking hate it. From, yeah. a, dra- from a dramatic and work of fiction point of view. Yes. Yes. As, it as, is as a story structure, it is, is definitely good. Yes. But just reading the title of the episode just fucking pissed me off. <laughs> Because everyone knows what telenovelas yeah. means. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck the royals. I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and really, is that the best that they could actually do? I- I'm sorry, but he that person who was who was uh, allegedly playing uh, Paul Keating didn't look a fucking thing like Paul Keating. I'm when not, was Paul Keating I'm in it? I'm not going to lie. I didn't even realise there was a depiction of Paul Keating yeah, in when there. Yeah, was, when was Paul Keating in it? It, it was the se- second season, uh, second uh, um, scene that um, uh, that had Bob Hawke and they were to- talking about talking about them on the TV. Oh, that was supposed to be Paul. I reckon that was supposed to be Paul. Could have been. Like, could have been because he was, you know, such a high position for, yeah. in the Labour Party you know, yeah, as treasurer true. for so long true. I don't know Paul yeah. Keating's timeline with Bob Hawke though I, I'm 
that. Oh, no, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Deputy from the start. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I think it was Deputy and Treasure Treasurer at the same time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm just making Bob Hawke as, as as the bad guy. I mean, really. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, different. You wouldn't do that in Australia because he's held regardless of what side you're. I mean, I know people will have their opinions, but he's considered to be such a great, great leader. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a backwards co- uh, country, and mm. and oh, he can drink a yard glass in like ten seconds. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the they mentioned that, that in the Crown too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Fucking hell. Yeah, we're, we're a fucking drunken assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank, th- thank you. Thank you very much. I'm sorry you took offence to it. Ah, oh, just. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and considering we have to uh, ask permission to change our laws as well, I mean, <laughs> and when we had the referendum on on marriage equality, we ha- we have to say, hey, Lizzie, is it all right if we change it? <laughs> she can say, nah. What even if we all vote yes? Yeah, it's more yeah, of a symbol. Yeah. It's more of a sim- symbolic thing, um, because like the official way of doing it is that like your governor general mm. will look at what the proposed law is, and then it's their call whether to seek um, the crown's approval or not. Oh. So the governor general, because you can hear if anyone remembers the official paperwork for say marriage equality. You can hear the governor general say say, say there's um that he does not recommend this law be yeah. ad, like um be escalated to the queen. Right. He says it in a more formal way. Okay. But yeah, Michael. So I do get what you're going, but that's kind of more a formality though. I know, but there is precedent that it could be manipulated into saying no. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I agree. We're talking the dismissal of of Goth Whitlam as well. Yes. I do get it, I do get it. Because then you can have a Governor-General who hates his fucking guts, they're saying, hey, Lizzie, uh, we don't like this guy, let's get rid of him. <laughs> okay, in your own in your own judgment, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that just rubbed me up the wrong way. I mean, uh, it was great, they, they tried to protect, uh, you know, uh, Richard Roxbury is always, always awesome. Yeah, I he's mean, great. Can't, can't pass him, pass him on that, but... Yeah. Okay. I. I. But. Yeah. Okay. Um. Before okay. before we um maybe wrap up our, our little uh, discussion on the Crown season four, um, I want to know everyone's thoughts on Emma Corrin's portrayal of Princess Diana because I think she did a phenomenal job, and there were moments where I was watching her and I was looking at Diana. Yeah. Like she yeah. was, yeah. She was so good. I mean, if it's one thing we've always said about this show is that they've always nailed the casting. Mm-hmm. Every actor that's come and played these real life figures has done just phenomenal. But she really was ethereal in her performance. I, I, I loved her quite a bit. So yeah, one of my predictions of this of this season because we were look we were all excited about Diana. So when we watched season three. And Camilla Ento. Yeah. We lost our shit because we yeah. knew what that meant. We knew yeah. <laughs> that someone was around the corner. And yes. she literally was hiding around a corner when we yeah. saw her, right? That was adorable. Yeah. Um, but no, my prediction was that this would be the first depiction of Diana that the public would 
be favourable of because, yeah. again, she's such a protected figure, right, mm. in the public consciousness. Um, the royal family does not approve <laughs> of, of these depictions, of, right? Of course. And I was reading actually this week, I think it was, that there's been discussion in the UK about introducing laws about how you can depict, like... Real life people? Real life, real life people and maybe specifically the royals. royals. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And there was this call about having a disclaimer that the work, w- that the show was a work of fiction. Yeah. Um, and of course they've come, the, the crown has turned around and said, it's always been a work of fiction. Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is problematic because it's such a high quality piece and also, we feel like we know these people. We feel like we know these characters. Yeah. So when things are depicted, we automatically have a sense with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the depiction of, of Diana is absolutely lovely. And it's it's consistent with the casting of the show. Yeah. It is absolutely consistent. consistent. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how the, they'll go in the next season. But I think everyone, everyone hands in good work. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah I definitely agree. Like everything that happened throughout this whole season. Um, Yes, okay, not all of it's true, but it did give me an insight into what the lives of the royals could be like. Mm. And it it was sort of a good learning curve, in a way, Um, especially for someone who doesn't follow the royals that closely. Um, So being able to see these depictions um obviously in the back of my mind i need to i i keep telling myself okay this may not be true but it could also be true so um i was really intrigued by season four um yeah look the 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 depiction of diana was just really really um really intriguing Mm -hmm. um I had no idea she had an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That took me aback when I first when they, especially at the beginning of the episode where it mentions a disclaimer about yeah. the fact that it this this episode will be depicting um, an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, just you know, sort of a pre warning. Um, and I had no idea that yeah. was something that she went through. Um, obviously. She stressed eats. Yeah. yeah. When, you know, when things weren't going her way um, or when she was just really stressed out about certain situations, she would eat it and then she'd just buff it all up. Yeah. And yeah. it just made me feel really sorry for her because no one really knew about this. Yeah. And no, nor did they ask about her own health, well, her mental was, health especially. Well it, well, it was kind of like, as depicted in the show, and I actually believe this is accurate, um, as the secret, the known secret that no one wants to talk about in terms of her bulimia, right? You feel like the family would, would know mm. um, and have an idea about. And, and it's interesting how they do discuss her mental health. In that they seem to gaslight her a lot. Yeah. That any issue that she may have had is not legitimate because she may have some mental health issues. Um, and so that's incredibly cruel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you can't re- you can't sort of go against the grain of something like the royal family. Not when it's existed in such a way. And the head 
of that royal family um, is determined to keep it a certain way because that tradition um, has kept it how it is, right? But the world around you is just developing and progressing so fast, you can't really keep up, can you? Yeah. I just didn't like the fact that the queen of all people was dismissing Diana. Oh, Every time yeah. she wanted to speak to her, she did not the want queen to face was like, no, no, I don't want to talk to you. Did not want to face the truth, though, because she knew what it meant. She yeah. knew that it would it would mean the crumbling of, of this. Because let's yeah. be honest, if it was second, third, fourth born child <laughs> that it was happening to... She wouldn't have cared as you much. Know, no way. Yeah. It would, she'd still be concerned. Yeah, of course. But the future king and queen yeah. of the Commonwealth yeah. no, does not happen. No. You ride through it just like how she had done with Philip. There's that illusion, there's that sort of yes. nod yes. that she looked the other way when he would have affairs. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And there's no doubt that he had affairs. Nothing's oh. been proven ever, as no. far as I know. There is no doubt. Yeah. Like, look who the man is. Look at the era. Look at the yeah, context, right? You know, when you've got that inferiority complex that you do not wear the pants in your house. Yeah. Again, era, context, all of that. Oh, yeah. He's getting it on. You, 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 you have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And going on to the, um, the uh, speak of no mental illness... Mm. Considering they actually did a full episode of the um, the secret cousins, yes, yeah, oh, as well, it's like the cool. worst comes to worst of actually hiding your your secrets away, and and the queen mother just basically saying it is what it is is fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, but M- Michael, did you hear much? Like, because I sort of looked up about those cousins afterwards. That episode, I think, is one of the more fictionalized, though. Yeah, that's what it seemed. Yeah, yeah like, based on what I had read. Mm. Um, and it definitely makes the the royal family look a lot more sinister in terms of the cousins mm. um, than was the case. In saying that, there is a, there had been a history of um, any of the children who had any um, issues in their development... Um, being locked away. Mm. For example, I think um, Queen Victoria had a son who was locked away. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, based on some um, developmental um, complications and, and issues. That yeah. Had and it. an episode of Doctor Who as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Just a passing comment. No, no, that's fine. So I think while that particular episode is very much heavily fictionalised, um, and I don't think the cousins were as much of a secret as is implied. Um, it still lends and throws back to, um, I guess, the idea that the family will do anything they can to protect the crown. Mm. Right? Margaret says a lot about, you know, it's it's only about the queen and it's yeah. only about the crown yeah. because that's how it has to be. Yeah. It's all about image. Yeah, it has to be. Because how else do you justify your existence? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, again, it's like, you know, we talked about Charles before. We can struggle to sympathise because, like, what have you got to complain about? Um, and we can see the, the, the contrast of where you've got um, Thatcher coming into the royal family. I never thought in my life I would have sympathy or empathy for Margaret Yeah. But I was like, I'd be you playing that stupid drunken game with the cork. Like honestly, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was I so I painful. was 
It was. Yeah. I was in my seat going, I need to leave. Yeah, I do yeah. not want to see you this. You felt like you're in the room with them watching her. It was oh, so, so bad. Yeah. It felt very awkward. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to say, Julian Anderson did a great job in portraying that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of her performance overall of Thatcher. Um, I think she struggled a little bit personally. It sounded She sounded like what Margaret Thatcher would have sounded like had she had a facelift. I just didn't like, yeah, I just didn't like the voice. Yeah, the voice that was the thing. It just, it, 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 to me, that's not, that shouldn't sound anything like Margaret yeah. Thatcher, right? Yeah. Um, but I like how they did use Thatcher in relation to to the crown yeah um in this story they human yeah. they humanized somebody who could not be humanized um in, yeah in in other in one way and then yeah. they also villainized her and in, in many others you say villainized i say accurately portrayed yeah <laughs> <laughs> well very true very true I mean, I mean, yeah. if we're going down a politics route, when uh, our, our own treasurer, <laughs> uh, Josh Frydenberg, says says uh, she, he wants to model himself over Thatcher, <laughs> it's like, oh, go ahead, because she she went after the um uh, the the miners, the coal miners. So go ahead, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Let's let's stop mining. Yes. Come on. And let's have a war to distract people of how badly I'm treating them uh, and we'll win another election and God. yes. Oh my god. Yeah. When, I mean that's not you're... that's that's not being done in the United States either. No, mm. no. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so... fuck people who are unemployed and also fuck people who are working. Yeah. I mean Oh god damn it. Bad. Mm. Very bad. All right. Does Michael have one more thing you want to say? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, Thatcherism and then Reaganism. But but then you got Australian uh, Australian uh, economists uh, saying, well, out of all the three, we we were sort of the best. Yeah, I was going to say we, are. we had say, Hawk. We were doing yeah, yeah, we were doing better than the we 80s. had Hawke, and then we had uh, we had Keating. We had Hawke well. and Keating together, an amazing combination. Yeah. Regardless of what they thought of each other, but it was an amazing combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They rectified at the end, basically. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, but look, over, overall, I have to say for me, I actually found season four a little disappointing. Yeah. But in saying that, it was still one of the best things I've seen on TV. So that says a lot when a yeah. show can be disappointing, and that's ba- comparing it to its own standard. True. Um, but still riveting television. Yeah, I have to say, I thought you know, like I'd still recommend it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of felt, I kind of feel the same. Like mm. I, 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 season three is still my favorite season. Mm. I, oh my gosh, yes, it, it was incredible. Um, so I don't, I think it had that working against it. Yeah, for me. Um, but I, I still really in, enjoyed it. Um, and can't wait for more. Fulia, what are your final thoughts on on season four? I. I kind of enjoyed it, but kind of didn't. There was a lot of drama that was very, like, I just felt this awkwardness within me. Um, the, the, the eating disorder that, that Diana had just threw me, threw me aback. So that kind of shocked me. Um, the coldness of the queen this season mm. was just at another level. Yeah. Um, and wait until after the divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then but then you've got Prince Philip who was being a little bit more kinder to Diana um, because he understood what 
she was going through as being the outsider. Yeah. And that, the, yeah, and that's family. one thing that's been consistent in the Diana narrative. Yeah. Is that she got along really well with Prince Philip. Yeah. Yeah. I think out of all the royals, she got along the best with him. Yeah. Um, which is bizarre considering Prince Philip's, um, you know, um, temperament, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, he was always quite sweet with her, apparently. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like... This season has just sort of been a bit of a roller coaster in emotions. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but overall, it was actually really interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself, Michael? Um, well, after like binging the entire, entire thing, uh, I do. I, I still haven't worked. It, I have I still haven't worked out if um, how it affects me because at the moment, especially after this season, it's. I'm sort. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, I'm at the moment. I'm hate watching it, mm. but it's an enjoyable hate watch, if that makes sense, like any sense. Like you're riveted watching it, but you hate yourself for watching it. Ah, uh, no, it's it's not a self reflection. It's more of um, I'm watching this, but I don't like any of them. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. It's, it's a but I I'm enjoying like the historic ac- yeah not accuracy, but. Uh, the the historic element into it, and um, uh, I'll be interesting on in, uh, where is it going to go. You know, could they save their marriage? We don't know. Mm. And yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stick with it. Um, yeah, just one just one time viewing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's what? Well, I mean, season five is going to be the last one, isn't it? No, they're going up to six. six. They're doing six now. They're okay. doing six. So yeah, they've got a whole new cast for the next two seasons. Yeah, two. Really? Yeah. So we'll get two seasons with each cast. Okay. Uh, three separate casts. Mm. Well, except for I imagine Josh O'Connor um, will be returning as Prince Charles and Emma Corrin. Hopefully, as Princess he's Diana. Yeah, he's very good he's as well. So Princess good. Diana's. Being taken over by Elizabeth Debicki. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We talked about that. Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki is going to be uh, Princess Diana next season. I forgot about that. My apologies, everyone. She'll do a really good no, job. She's wonderful. That's right. I didn't know. We talked about it. So maybe they will be recasting him then. If they're recasting yeah, probably. Emma, they just haven't announced it yet. Yeah, it would make yeah. sense. You'd want this consistency if you're going to change it. It would if, feel yeah. weird if you carried one over. Very true. But unfortunate because I think he's, he's one, brilliant. one fantastic actor. He's really, yeah. really good, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Easy on the eye too, but that's a bit Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that might do it for our uh, discussion on The Crown, mm-hmm. Season 4. hope you guys enjoyed listening to our thoughts and ramblings on, on what, we, uh, what we took away from the latest season of Netflix's most popular show, mm. I would say. Um, all right, then. Um, we're finally here <laughs> at, the, at the, the time, the moment, the segment, the section, the part of the show you've all been waiting for. Popcorn culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look. Star talker. <laughs> <laughs> Star talker. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, strap in, everyone. This is going to be emotional. Um. All right. So we are here now to uh, conclude our epic uh, run of reviews 
and a discussion on the latest season of The Mandalorian, uh, finishing today with um, our thoughts on the final episode, the finale of season two, which was chapter 16, The Rescue. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where we should start with this. (laughs) But can I just say this might be the best bit of Star Wars since the original trilogy, quite possibly. Like, uh, or or like just at least that whole episode was better than the entire sequel trilogy. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Everyone that I've talked to about it before getting here, we've all just been in a state of just shock and awe and wonderment and just uh, it's it's insane that they they went to these places they showed us these characters and yeah we were rewarded for being fans of not just this show but of Star Wars in general yeah, um, yeah with absolutely this, with this episode um yeah uh i don't know what 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 should we talk about first guys i mean i don't know like, should we just start from the the ending and work our way back? Or like, because I mean, that's yeah. that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Look, nah, I think I think we should I think we should eat our meat before we eat our pudding. Well, I don't know. Look, for me, I think this episode really was all about that second half. Very yeah. true. For me, more than anything, I think that that what for, uh, it's it's the ultimate payoff, and it's one of those payoffs that. If you were ever wondering why you invested two seasons of your time in this, that payoff was it. Mm. Um, I just, it, it just came together so beautifully. Yeah. And the reaction that I'm gauging from a lot of fans who are talking about it is quite consistent. That says a lot yeah. because Star Wars yeah. fans are difficult to oh, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's no secret, Star Wars fans piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Star Wars fans. I really can't. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, but I'm in the same boat for that one. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, like. For me, my, my mind is, again, just that second half. But by all means, well, if we, anyone uh, want to talk about the lead can, up to it, go for it. Yeah, well, we, we can breeze through the, the first half. I mean, um, I really liked the way the episode kind of started with us kind of straight in the action with them pursuing um, Dr. Pershing in this uh, Imperial cruiser. Mm. Um and that confrontation, that was really, really great. Also really cool, the, the actor who played the, that pilot that was hold, like holding Pershing at gunpoint, he, just, yeah. he, just, he was great. And he just came off playing uh, the, the villain in the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. as well. <laughs> so they're really keeping it all in the Disney family, um, which is nice. But he, yeah, so that was really nice to see him pop up there. And he was very menacing. And I really liked his little monologue Takara Dune yeah. about yeah. about him being on the Death Star when he saw uh, Alderaan explode. So intense. It was so yeah. intense. Such an intense exchange. I, yeah. I, I reckon that like little scene, I know it's only a little nugget and they didn't really delve into it, but I actually do enjoy them actually pretty much referencing, um, no, depending on which side you are on, you, uh, it, it's, all, it's all to do with 
perspective if you're a freedom fighter or you're a terrorist. Yeah. And something that I really this is this is the reason why I kind of kind of enjoyed the uh, uh, um, the Last Jedi because they're sort of delving into the sort of grey area of of your actions and especially in the previous episode they actually sort of devil uh they actually delve into that because you get to see like um rebel uh not rebels uh the the empire like having a win mm. and you're sort of cheering at the same time it's like well we're sort of cheering the the bad guys so what's going on here is like well they've never really had a win so they're enjoying a, a win and and I, I think the sort of nuance in Star Wars is sort of... It's not your mum and dad's Star Wars anymore. It's definitely got to have a lot of nuance in that. And especially in that scene where where, where uh, uh, Dune said, uh, said... Well, they, they, they said, um, I, was on, I was on the um, uh, Death Star. And she said, which one? Yeah, yeah that was great. It was good, but... It, and... And he's going, and he's like um, throwing it back at her. It's like I knew people on there. Mm. So, and dealing with that is like they could have been like innocent pe- people on there, like just being uh, contractors on 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 the Death Star. So, yeah, it, it, I, I definitely enjoyed like that little bit, yeah. that little nugget. It's the reason why I kind of kind of enjoy this series as a whole because they're yeah. just dealing with one little one little thing and 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 this series as a whole has definitely sparked my love for Star Wars again because after Rise of Skywalker I just said fuck it I'm done <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, this fucking it brings me back yeah yeah I think um that like what you were just saying there Mike is, is a really great point it's kind of similar like not to to mention Cobra Kai but it's the Mm. same kind of thing it's like pulling this classic story that's iconic in its own right whether it's Karate Kid whether it's Star Wars Mm. you know the original trilogy most importantly here and turning this you know light versus dark into a like a more of a grey kind of situation because you know last week you have um, you know, like you said, seeing the Empire have a little win, have a little victory, and then someone like Mayfeld, who seems to be very pro-Empire when we first meet him, and he gets locked up in a New Republic prison, mm. um, and then here in this episode, you know, being put immersed back into that world of the Empire, he's, you know, uh, just kind of confronted with the with with the the, the trauma that he suffered as a, as a soldier of the of the empire and you know that's still i mean you know it was a week ago but like that's that table scene is just phenomenal so to see to see to see someone who was more on the dark side turn to the light is is just brilliant and then or even gray you know Mm. and then here and this week with i love the fact that that pilot it's like like you said mike like the fact that he chose to use the word terrorist yeah when referring to the rebels that was powerful yeah. and, and important, and it's because it's like you're the hero of your own story, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, and like it's like how you said, Michael, it's the perspective, right? Yeah. And one thing that I've always, always said, when especially discussing narratives about war, is that theoretically there is no villain in war, and that's can be a confronting notion because people do atrocious things to other human beings in war. 
But everyone fighting a war, when you're on a side, you feel like you are in the right and you are doing the right thing for this cause, whether it's an ideology, mm. whether it's for country, whether it's for a political leader, whether it's for a movement, whether it's for a religious belief. Mm -hmm. Regardless, you are putting, putting it all out there to win. And when you consider what people do during a war, yeah. you have to believe it to the core. Right? Yeah. Even when you've got self-doubt, even when you are scared, even when you are fearful, even when you want to back away, there's something that keeps you in there. So you can't be wrong. And when you've got people, multiple parties who are not wrong, right? Hence, you've got your war. So you're yeah. absolutely right. The idea that we're getting on these different perspectives, everyone is a hero of their own story. Perfectly said, Kendall, because it is so true. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And especially when this is a time uh, in time of war that's actually pretty much after a war, mm. like the the new war hasn't started yet, but we we know the war's going to start yet. But at the moment, uh, uh, these stragglers, uh, stra stragglers, stragglers, yeah, I think, yeah, some some something to do with that. But after that, the um, the rebels have toppled the uh, toppled the top. Here, so all these people behind are trying trying to scatter around and trying trying to do like what they know is best, and uh, so, and we've seen throughout the entire se season that uh, they're they're a lot more dangerous now because that it's I, oh, which one was it uh, the third third episode where where um uh, where uh, Jin meets up with Bokatan and they're trying to take down this um, ship. Uh, well, take over the ship, but but um that um but the um, leaders decide. Well, you're not going to take this ship. We're going to crash land this, and you inside. So they become they become pretty much suicidal. So they're sort of fighting for what what they have is a lot more dangerous than what they were were before. And oh I, yeah, I just I just love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it's it's a series that I grew up with, and it's growing up with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, I'll, before we move on from this uh, opening, I just really also want to mention the fact that um, the pilot also referred to Cara Dune's tattoo as a tear. Right. That little uh, rebel symbol yeah, that she yeah. has, it's a tear. And I'm like, okay, so it, now we know kind of why she has that, not just because she's a part of the Rebel Alliance, but because she's from Alderaan, that's why she has that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really powerful, really nice. Um, yeah. So after after that, we get to, um, you know, uh, meet up with Bo-Katan uh, once again, um, which was really, really interesting conflict, especially because now we have Boba Fett in the mix. Yes. Um, <laughs> Tagging along. And, yeah, they're having a great uh you know, argument, uh, yeah. <laughs> heated argument about, um, you know, the fact that, well, she brings up the fact that you're, you're a disgrace to your armor, you're a clone, you're this, <laughs> yeah. you're that. Oh. And so, Them's fighting words. Yeah, that was, I really loved that, that conflict and how it rose into, um, you know, this, this escalated into this fight between Cosca Reeves and, and Boba mm. Fett. That was, that was really cool. What did you guys think of that scene? Oh, uh, the, 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 the um, arguments between factions, between the same race, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really great. It's like, the, this bickering is pointless. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> as a man once said. But it's also like, just again, it's just another 
addition to the rising tensions yeah. between like factions and between these different parties as well. Um, yeah, and I think it just shows the level of contempt <laughs> more, than, more than anything, right? Yeah. Because, you know, again, everyone's right, so everyone else is getting in your way, right? Yeah. Yeah, but no, I yeah, I, I like these little moments of confrontations between these different yeah. parties as well. I have to, I do have to say, this show is incredibly well written. Isn't it? And It is. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, and the thing is with Star Wars is that it's dialogue, for example, if we're looking at the whole... Star Wars, because, hey, why not? Um, you know, sometimes the dialogue is questioned and questionable, right? Mm. And that's a fair enough comment, because yeah. it's modelled on serialised melodrama. Yeah. So I appreciate that, that yeah. some people find it over the top or sudsy or soapy or don't particularly like it. But I do hate to break it to you all who complain about it, that's the point. Yeah. And that is the style <laughs> of especially the feature films. You know, the three sets of trilogies. That's yeah. the, that's the style. Um, you know, nostalgia makes things greater than they are, right? Yeah. And <laughs> we can look past things. But Mandalorian is a different beast unto itself. There's And it should be. So, and it should be, absolutely. It's a different point of view. It's a different perspective. Same universe, but let's talk, you know, we're talking about different worlds here different narratives so um it's um yeah so for me i um it's not that i'm surprised that it's so well written mm. but i'm just so glad it's so well yeah written. yeah for sure and the writing makes sense yeah. yes and bogatan realizing what boba fett is just by his voice makes sense yeah. if you know the if you know the history Absolutely. Mm. and and if you know the history they can build upon that and uh, i will talk about um Writing making sense at the end mm. because I do have a, 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 a I do have a reason why I, I say that, but that's for that's for the okay end. yeah. But <laughs> and also Mike, just to pick up on your comment about how the writing makes sense in terms of the history, I feel like even if you do not know the history, mm. they give you enough makes context, yeah. and they do yeah. it in a clever way that it doesn't feel expositiony. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of grand statements and some mini monologues and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're so fine tuned that they just, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm envious that they can be so economical and so impactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Um, Folio, what did you? And the bit, and sorry, the building on each episode is like, oh, this, this is the best episode, and then next week, oh, this yeah, is the yeah, best it just keeps yeah. getting better. And then and the better. next episode, this is the best episode. Oh, I don't envy him doing uh, season three. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Definitely not. <sighs> um, Fulia, what did you think of um, the this scene, this kind of confrontation between Boba Fett and Bo-Katan? Um, I, I think it was like unnecessary type of tension. <laughs> like, they didn't need to... Like, they're both wearing the same armour. Like, get over it. Oh, Fulia, you just want everyone to get along, but that's not Star Wars, honey. Have a cup of tea and you just talk about your differences. Um, <laughs> uh, look, it was really interesting to see their, their perspectives on, on the you know, being a Mandalorian. Um, you know, the fact that... Um, Bo-Katan's just like, you know, how could you be wearing that? You're not a real Mandalorian. Mm. Um, and, you know, Boba Fett's just like, I, this was given to me by my father. 
you know, yeah. I, I'm allowed to wear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> type of te- sort of type of talk. Um, and so it's it just that back and forth was just like, oh my gosh, just let's get on with the mission, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which we will get on with. Yes. Because from then, uh, we basically, you know, after, after Din convinces Bo-Katan to, to help him get Grogu back. Um, they come to an understanding in regards to the dark saber and Moff Gideon, mm. um, which <laughs> comes to a head in an interesting way oh, later on. I love it. It's, it's so manipulative. It's, I know. It's fun. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, but yes, so next we see they're, they're all aboard uh, Slave One, Boba's ship, and they're going over their plan for how exactly they're going to tackle Moff Gideon and his crew, uh, not to mention the dark troopers, which we know are on board Ooh. and are formidable foes. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and with a contention of soundtrack as well. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, that soundtrack was so cool. Fucking oh, Ludwig man, big... he's out doing himself yeah. every damn week. Oof, it was so intimidating. Yeah. Like that, mu- that's, that music for, for those droids, oh my goodness. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> I literally watched a video before I came over here tonight where this guy recapped the episode and during that he put up a picture of it and, he, and this, there was smoke everywhere and he said and presenting Skrillex and then it like zoomed in and played a bit of like dubstep. <laughs> it was very funny. That's no, so funny you but mentioned I, that. I do have to say though with those troopos, yeah. everything about their sequences was absolutely perfect. Yeah. In terms yeah. of the score. The way they look, the way it's shot, the way that tension is built all the way through. Yeah, it, yeah. And the way they with, moved as well. Yeah, the way they moved, just the way they look. Yeah. Um, that moment with the closing door. Oh man. Oh, and then Terminator 2. Like, hello. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it, because you just go, well, you see what one can do, and then they're smacking away at yeah. the glass, right? And you're just like, no, we, we can't do this. Yeah, and the one thing that I remember was that uh, I think it was uh, Dr. Pershing that yes. mentioned that the one flaw that they found from the troopers was the human side of it. Mm. So they got rid of that yeah. and made them droids. As in, no morals. Yeah. <laughs> no. Absolute no. killing machines. No, they are, they are, yeah. They are killing machine droids. Um, Fuck. Yeah. Like, the way the way that whole sequence works, like, from the moment that they come out of um, what Boba Fett refers to as jump space, not mm. hyperspace, um, and arrive at... Colloquialism. Yeah. <laughs> Moff Gideon's, uh, you know, ship, uh, and, the, you know, faking this attack and everything. Mm. Like, that's really well staged. And then you go into the, like, the, the tension just doesn't stop from there because they, you know, they crash land in the bay while the TIE fighters are coming mm. out. And then as soon as they get in and start shooting up the place, then you're cutting back and forth between that assault and the dark troopers booting up. Yeah. getting ready yeah. to, And you're just like, is, is Din going to get there in time to stop them? Mm-hmm. Like, the suspense is actually so well done and it's yes. so well paced throughout the whole thing. It's just incredible. Like, yeah, like when you, when he gets there and he's, pre- he's, he's just slightly too late, like you're you, you fucking like freaking out because like, holy <laughs> shit, are they going to get out and it, it's fucking over? Like, is this the end? Like, what the fuck's going to happen? And that one, that, one, that one trooper that does come out from that holding yeah. and starts belting I... Dean... 
I, oh my goodness. I, 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 I recoiled in my seat that just seeing his Beskar protect him. I know. Front, but the way it was going back and bending the yes. metal behind him. And it looked, I was like, if he didn't have that on, he'd be dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instant death. Yeah. Skull just, crushed. Like yeah. that was so confronting. Yeah. I it, think. There was such, um, I appreciate it's a fight, but it's a level of aggression and violence yeah. that I don't think I've really seen in this yeah. series. No, or, not in Star Wars. Or really. any, yeah, I was going to say any any property of Star Wars. Um, it's very intense. Yeah, like it it does have confronting scenes. It does have violence, but just the level of aggression and ferocity was just yeah yeah like wow next level yeah yeah i mean but this is what you need for a final this is what you need oh, for yeah, your yeah for yeah. your everything hero. on the table like and this is stakes the, are high and this is the thing right if you take your you know brain aside yeah <laughs> well it's the title character it's of course it's going to be okay right, right. you don't think anything like that when that scene no, is going no, on no no there's no way you can't think anything but peril yes yeah, I think the title sort of gives it away that it's going to be all right. <laughs> you defi- rescue. It does. You're definitely not thinking of it in that moment. No. And the one thing that I do have to say, and I um, pull me back if I'm jumping ahead here, because mm-hmm. I probably am, because you know exactly which part I really want to talk about. But I just <laughs> want to even say, right, like even when the episode title pulls out, mm-hmm. that it's called The Rescue, I've just gone... Cool, Din's going to rescue Grogu. Cool, this is where we're going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's not the rescue we're talking about, <laughs> right? <laughs> the rescue of Star Wars. That is not the rescue <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> and when it kicks in and when it resolves, I was like, the rescue. <laughs> and I am just emotionally yeah. done. Yeah. I am spent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right? You and me both, yeah. man. Yeah. And the title tells you. It doesn't take away from how you feel from the show. No, no, right? no. And that's the really clever thing about while well, you're talking about the titles of these episodes is that they're not always face value no. what you think they're going to be <laughs> or, or what, you know, what, what what they look like they might be while you're watching it. There's so much more depth to it yeah. going through. It's really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these dark troopers are just... Whew, just, just a next next level scary. Um, but you know, once of course, uh, Din manages to get the thing in and flush the rest of them out in space. Everyone can breathe a collective sigh of relief for a bit. I'm like, oh good, oh good, we're okay, great. Um, <laughs> and then, and then we get to the bridge, and of course, you know. Moff Gideon's not there. And as soon as that happened, I was like, he's got fucking Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah the moment I saw was, that, I was like, he's got Grogu. Yeah. No surprises. So yeah. I, as soon as, as Din got to the cell and then he was there and just, I, I think I recoiled again, just seeing him hold that dark saber above Grogu. Yeah. Was, that was confronting of an image to see. Um, poor Grogu uh, sitting there looking up at, you know, at Din going, just holding up his little hands that are cuffed. Being yeah. like making his little cool noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was um that was a fantastic scene. I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is just killing it again and again and again and again and again. Um, but just that that exchange of dialogue between the two of them as he's ne- as they're negotiating yeah. for Grogu's freedom. And I don't know about you guys. I mean, I mean, I sh- I'm pro- I don't know if I was just caught up in the moment or if I just wasn't willing to believe it, but I I fully did believe that he was, you know, going to let Din take Grogu and walk out of there. I didn't expect that turn 
an attack. For a split second, I believed it too. But then I was like, no, this is, this is, he's, he's part of the empire. Mm. He's not going to let him get away with it that easily. I don't know why, I I don't know why I fell for it. For me, it felt like, I think I accepted it in the moment, but it still felt too easy. Yeah. And I knew that if it was going to resolve like that, I knew I would be disappointed. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, because I, I had a lot of emotions in that way in those <laughs> yeah. two seconds. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah a yeah. lot of thoughts. Because I, th- I thought in that moment that it was like, okay, well, if this is what's happening, that makes sense because you know Din ultimately doesn't care about the dark saber. No. He just wants Grogu back. And um, as he says, you know, Gideon's gotten everything he needs from the child. That's um, right. So yeah, so I, um, part of me was thinking, okay, this is going to be that, and then we're going to have this confrontation mm. between Moff Gideon and Bo-Katan on the bridge where they will fight for the Darksaber. That's what I was expecting this episode to go from there. Yeah. And then as soon as he turned and started wailing on him, I was like, okay, <laughs> um, I, rethinking. But I will say, once he did turn on him, I was relieved because it, it, yeah, went, fair it went down the road it yeah. should have gone. Fair enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- totally fair. Yeah. Ma- Mike, what uh, did you think of that scene? Yeah, I was sort of uh, sort of the same. It's like, no, nah, don't do it like this. Mm. We, you were building up to to have a dark saber and spear battle because why else would he have the spear? Yeah, mm. fair enough. And and it's got and it's best and it's Beskar as well. So so it would actually withstand like a lightsaber as well. So yeah, give me that fight, and we got the fight, and it was great. Yep. And what was really good is I sort of picked up that Moth Gideon. Doesn't know how to use it. Because if you see his fighting style, he's basically hacking at him. Yeah. Which is not really a good style. <laughs> like there's nothing there's nothing sort of um graceful about no. it. Yeah. No. He's he's more of a shooter. Yeah. 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 There's nothing Jedi or Sith about him at all, um, in the way he fights with that. But that's that was a an incredible, incredible fight and especially quite tense. Again, we know that like Beskar's basically nigh on impenetrable, right? But you see those moments where he's holding it against the spear and it's heating up. Yeah. Like if he held it there for any longer, it may have sliced through. Like that that was tense. That was really tense. And yeah, with the sort of fighting style, it sort of begs the question, how did he get that off um, uh, uh, um, uh, Boca's hand? Which is kind of weird. So there's probably a story behind that, and hopefully we'll get to know that in the third season. Mm. Hopefully. But, yeah, so really great. That fight was good. Yeah, good it was little, awesome. Good little appetizer for later on. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> nice little warm-up. Um, <laughs> so uh, moving on from there, the next, uh, after that confrontation, obviously Din is successful, rescues Grogu, and walks into the bridge holding the dark saber, and when we cut to Bo-Katan, who is just pissed off <laughs> <laughs> because when she said earlier that you know she needed him to surrender to her specifically, she wasn't just saying for yeah, you know, it wasn't the hell an of ego it. thing. Was it wasn't it? an no. ego thing. It was all about the the the, the meaning behind the dark saber and what it represents mm-hmm. uh, for her uh, and, yeah. for Ma- look, and for Mandalore. So. It it look. From the moment you saw her face, you could tell she was not happy about the fact that Din had the dark saber. Mm. Yeah, it was just like, dude, I was full on expecting her to say, "What did I say before?" Yeah, yeah. literally. I thought she was going to lose her <laughs> shit, but I yeah. think she was so angry she could barely speak. Yeah, she was yes. speechless at that moment. I saw. I, I thought. 
I thought it got that um, that's going to be a confrontation like later on down the track oh. when Muff, Muff, when Muff Gideon said that uh, you you left me alive. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he pre premeditated that. Yeah. Oh, reason yeah. why he went to reason why he went to go 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 uh, yeah to and being not on the bridge he he went there because he knew it was it's going to be his last hurrah basically yeah. to to fuck over um uh, Gin, uh, um Bogotan. Yeah. So many names. That's okay. <laughs> well well that's kind of that's kind of what he he said like he he basically laid all his cards out and said he knew all along this is how it was going to unfold mm. and how he was going to get, you know, the one up on her. So, um and then Manokulaf. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, he went full <laughs> Full uh, Austin Powers villain, mustache twirling, yeah, super villain. It was, but it was glorious. Like how fucking satisfied he was at himself, the fact that he'd gotten this in this position. Yeah, and Mando was just like, like Din's just like, just take it. I yield. I yield. I I don't fucking care. Take it. Like, and she's just standing there, and you can. like she Kate, wants to take it, but fucking, she knows that she can't. Katie Sackhoff did such a good job. Just <laughs> yeah. you can really, like, really nail that like angst of like I wanted, I want this, but I can't, I can't but, have this. But it's like Gideon says, the story is the most valuable component. Yeah, I love that. It, not the actual sword. Not the actual right. sword. It is the story. It's what, the yeah, myth. what it means. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is so fucking ironic because she's always on. On about uh, Din is like not taking off his helmet because he believes in stuff. Exactly. But she believes in this. Yeah. Which yeah, which is, very hypocritical. And, yeah, and Din's going just fucking take it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but again, but that just sort of shows the flip of it. Like for her, no big deal. Take off your, you know, show your face type mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for him, right? Mm. Um, and obviously that has a lot of weight in the last few episodes you know, for him, which shows his love for this child. Right? Yeah, it really does. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all now plays out. Going forward, yeah. Going forward. I think it's yeah. going to be a major plot line in season three. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be coming mm. back around. Um, yeah. That is You do sure. not set something up like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no you know. And then and It's then a fight to the it. death, yeah? Yeah. Oh, Has yeah. to be. It's, yeah, um, yeah. yeah unfortunately. Just, just sitting there. The way watching and listening to Moff Gideon explain the reason mm. of the dark saber and why Bo-Katan can't take it. Yeah. Just you could you can you can hear the satisfaction in his voice. Oh yeah, he was oh, very pleased that Bo-Katan didn't get that honor, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And also he's toned to allies against each other. Yeah. 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 I think that's what made him most happy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. causing chaos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, once that little uh, you know discussion takes place, um, we we find out that the uh, the dark troopers uh, have found their way mm. back from uh, the void of space <laughs> onto the ship. Yes, because apparently there were some, there was something boarding the ship that wasn't organic. No, no. And they're like, how many? They're like, we don't know. How many lives? <laughs> <laughs> None. And they're droids. They're, they're gonna they're gonna withstand space. Yeah, they've got their own jet propellers. Well, yeah, when it when it yeah when it like it <laughs> it, it shows it shows these life forms coming back. I'm like, well, that's the dark troopers because they can survive in space. Clearly, yeah. so I'm I'm like, that's that's really good. Like, obviously, yeah, like 
that wasn't going to be left no. just hanging there. Yeah. So, it was a temporary solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it so it, it did, it did. But in hindsight, you know, maybe Din should have left the door shut. But then again, it had the, <laughs> it had the, glass, it had the glass on the main door, so they probably would have broken through either way. Let's be honest. How many plot lines could be resolved by somebody just closing the door behind them? <laughs> <laughs> How many things could have been avoided in the history of cinema and television? Yeah. Yes. And also, Din giving uh, Moff Gideon the, the heads up that, he's, <laughs> that he knows where he is at the last episode. And he had an, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, you know, and then things suddenly just get very, very tense and, and Moff Gideon's, mm. you know, cracking wise about how they're going to break mm. in. And they're going to, you know, kill everyone in this room except for him and the child. And they're banging on the door and they're banging on the door and they're banging and on the door. And the way door. that they do that, it's like, it's a martial art move to be doing the yeah. punches. But it's so robotic and yes. tense. Yeah, it's really well. And it's just powerful. It, the, and accurate. Yeah. And they just, to me, they just exemplified killing machines. Yeah. Like yeah. I did very much Terminator vibes. Me too. Like killing machines. They should have been known as the death droids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, are. There's already death troopers. Yeah. Death troopers. Death troopers. Um, actually, there's actually death troopers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all black. And... <sighs> all right. And they're... And they're on Rogue One. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, okay. We, we've come to the, the moment of the, the episode where uh, we've, we've been, we've been we've just... We've eaten our meat. Now it's time for pudding. Well, yeah. Here's the pudding. It's the pudding. <laughs> eat the pudding. 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 Um, okay. So, uh, all of a sudden, an X-Wing flies in. <laughs> And as soon as I saw that X-Wing, I fucking squealed and I lost mm. my shit. Yeah. <laughs> because I was just like, I, oh my God. I had the opposite reaction. I went <gasps> and held my breath and just covered my mouth. Just one. Oh yeah. I, just one Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love, yeah, Cara Yeah, Cara Yeah, Dunes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah we like, probably need oh. to go around, around the table of when we realized who it was. Yeah. Because I didn't realize until they, until they, uh, until the, now nah, it, it was later on. I was going, I was thinking maybe it's just one. Mm. Well, I one, mean, for one me. One rogue squadron. Yeah. For me, like realizing when I, re- I think, I don't know. I, I went through such a weird thought process during that whole sequence mm. between, uh, the X-Wing and him removing his hood. Mm. Um, like as soon as I saw that X wing, I was like, Luke, straight away. Mm. That's exactly where my brain went. But then I was like, No, surely, surely we we don't deserve that. That's too good. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that. That's incredible storytelling. Like, how do they? How can they do that? How can they pull this off? And so, and then it just kept going. And then he got out, and he's wearing the all black, and he's got the one glove on. And then when he fucking ignited that green, mm. I was like. <laughs> I think it's Luke. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then, but I didn't really fully go ape shit until yeah he took that hood off and it yeah. was just yeah. Yeah. So for me, I this this was weird. I'll, I'll just almost reenact my whole process. Please. So X wing X wing kicks in right, and then we and we're like okay, and then we just get the back of this cloaked figure through the security footage. Yeah. From that point on. I don't think I blinked. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. And so Simpsons fans will know the image specifically of Lenny Leonardson 
um, looking on with anticipation, that meme is there of Lenny from The Simpsons with his, <laughs> you know, mouth to his hands. Yeah, in yeah. anticipation. I am not kidding you. That was me from that moment on as soon as I saw the cloak. And I've just... And it really was from that cloak I've gone, is that Luke? That's when the seed of Luke came through. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the whole sequence of him fighting those droids is quite possibly one of the most beautiful sequences I have seen in any Star Wars property ever. It's so good. Peyton Reed has directed that to perfection. Incredible. It looks like a dance. It is just so fluid and so incredibly exquisite. I can't tell you how much I love that sequence. And when it like kicked in that it was Luke, I welled up. And for me, it was just perfection. And my yeah. eyes watered the whole way through yeah. just at seeing him there. Uh-huh. And I can't remember what came first, the glove or the saber. But whichever of those two came first, I was like, holy shit, it's him. Yeah. And I just, I was done. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was done. from that moment on, I had this feeling on the inside and it's the feeling you get when you get rewarded for your investment in these characters story specifically the trajectory of Din and Grogu Mm -hmm. because you knew when it's Luke there you knew everything was going to be alright and this was the rescue Um, and it just made me feel warm and fuzzy and it again made me feel incredibly rewarded so I didn't know Luke from the get go but when I saw the cloak I was like it's Luke. And that's when I could not turn away from anything around me. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. so good. Fully are. Okay. So for me, it didn't click straight away when I saw the X-Wing. I thought, okay, mm. it's one X-Wing. Maybe it's the X-Wing pilots that helped in originally. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably not going to be enough. And then I, my thought process went to... Wait, if it's just one, it's got to be the Jedi mm. that Grogu had contact or Com- tried to contact communicated with to communicate him. with. And so I thought, okay, who's it going to be? My, my first thought was Ahsoka, but then I'm like, no, no, I don't think that would be her. And then, so the figures walking, the figures walking through, the moment the green saber came out... Mm. I was on the edge of my seat. I had my headset in, mind you. (laughs) I'm listening to everything with my headset on. My hands went straight to my mouth, gasped, Mm. held my breath for that whole fighting sequence. The moment I'm like, during that whole sequence, I, my brain went to, oh my God, is that Luke? Please tell me it's Luke. Oh my God, is that Luke? Please tell me it's Luke. (laughs) Just repetitive. The moment I saw the glove, mm. I started fist pumping <laughs> the air. I was like, yes, it's Luke. Yes. Oh, my God. And this is me shouting with a headset on. So I don't know what my parents were thinking yeah. in the other room. And once he went in, he, he's, you know, destroyed all of the death troopers, you know, the dark troopers, walks in, removes his hood. I just, my breath just went, I let it out. I'm like, yes. We're safe. Yes, we're safe. It's Luke. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars Universe. <laughs> and and that for me, that it was just like you said, mm. it just it was a fluid motion. Yeah. That whole sequence, that fighting sequence just was amazing. I did not look away from the screen at all. Yeah. Um, even as, and the, like the moment the hood came off, I started getting very emotional. Mm. Yeah, um, me too. And then it got to the point where Din was like, okay, it's time yeah. to give Grogu to him because he is the Jedi that Grogu had contacted. Yeah. It was... But before we even get to that, during that that fight sequence, Grogu at the screen, yeah, yes. just touching the screen. That was that was a nice touch. I loved it. I'm like connection. Like Grogu knew he was safe. Yeah, Grogu knew this is who I've called. This person is here. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. Yeah, he knew it was a good person. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And then we get to the point where Din's just getting emotional. About the fact that he now has to pass on Grogu <sighs> to the Jedi. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to keep crying. Well, I've already started crying. I'm going to cry more. It um, was inevitable, but it had to be done. It had to be because done. Because it was what his mission was. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and he picks up Grogu and Grogu's hand just reaches up to his helmet. Man, can I just no. jump in and just say, I fucking... Mm-hmm. As soon as he did, like put the hand there, I'm like, "Din, take your helmet off." Yeah. <laughs> and then three seconds later, he removed it, and I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> Michael. Are you okay, my my precious sweet child?" I'm okay. You're okay. You can we can we jump jump for your reaction? Because I don't think we got your your reaction on on Luke. Or, you know, when did you when did you realize it was Luke? Um. Okay. Um. X wing came in. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was, um, it, it's the rebellion coming in. Then it was only one. And I thought that's weird. And then, then I saw the cloak. It's like, oh, could be Ahsoka. Could be, could be anyone. But then I saw it's a, it was only one lightsaber because it was in black and white. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the CCTV footage. <laughs> uh, so one lightsaber. So who is it? And yeah. Me hoping Mace Windu, but, <laughs> but deep down inside, I knew, I knew it. It just, it just with the writing, it would make sense if it was uh, Luke because he's going around uh, collecting um, uh, Jedi memorabilia, if that's the word, artifacts, like like the books and all, all yeah. that. Then because um, he's starting up his own academy as well, so it it just made sense, but. I didn't. I did not expect it. Expect it, and then yeah, I saw the um. I saw the green lightsaber, and I thought, oh my god, they're fucking doing it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then, and then, what? I was so happy, so joyish. But then, what really got me like bawling up was. When uh, he was doing, he was doing the fighting, and then that fucking corridor, that fucking corridor fight scene was pitch perfect from when Vader was yep in Rogue One 100%. doing that yeah and amazing and 
it was pretty much almost the same, including the crush at the end. Mm-hmm. And it, it go, goes on to say that Star Wars is about about fathers and sons and how, how it's all, it, it all, um, like, history rhymes. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, that's so beautiful because it's his dad and he's... His son, and this is Luke in his prime. Mm. This is this is not junior Luke. This is not before my father Luke. This is this is Luke as a Jedi master. This is this is everything. And yeah, he came through the smoke. Fucking awesome. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. And taking off his ta- taking off his hood. I thought, how are they going to do this? Are, are they going to? Um, uh, Recast him because mm. you know you could do that, but uh, but if uh, just to for the audience to say, just the audience to set it in stone that he's Luke Skywalker, he would say, I'm Luke Skywalker, but then you would have Bo Katan in the same room. It's like, wait, you're a Skywalker, mm. I knew you're dead, and I suppose they probably wouldn't want to write that that yeah. weird yeah. hole so which is probably also, why it, Boba Fett fucked off yeah, yeah as well no, true. because it's like wait a minute I know you you fucking killed me <laughs> so that makes sense and yeah and yeah and it was awesome they you know out of all the sort of um, uh, recreations of uh, original um, Star Wars I think this is probably the best in, in a way because because you could people could say like this is like it's like ah oh, they're doing a deep fake I can tell it's not real but I think it was such a uh, looking on the, looking on the internet is such a collective like yeah fuck yeah moment mm, people don't care no because it makes sense yeah and people people been wanting to watch people people wanted to see Luke in his prime because mm. people wanted to see this. For so long, even after um, uh, Return of the Jedi, and they went to the prequels, it's like, oh, could you do like a sequel trilogy? And they did, and we got what we got, unfortunately, <laughs> of having of having Luke Skywalker as a crotchety old man who didn't want to do any shit. And I do have a theory on that, so remind me of why he's fucking like that. But. And people were disheartened that we didn't get the Luke that we loved, and we got the Luke that we loved. And thank you, thank you, Dave Filoni, and thank you, fucking John Favreau, for mm. just playing with these characters like properly, and just loved it. Mm. And I suppose do we go go into the f- <sighs> fucking farewell? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, that key moment <sighs> of. The promise that Din and Grogu will reunite at some point. Yeah. yeah. And I've got... I, you know what the funny thing is? Just the way that these characters are set up and their trajectory. I have thoughts about the circumstances in which they will reunite. Yeah. So I, do I. I'm not going to talk about them because we're emotional already. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, but it's, it's going to have to be an extreme circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, so Grogu will return without doubt. Yeah. Um, when we need him the most to return. And I think the stakes will be so high that he can only return once he's been trained. 
near. Yeah. Yes. And that's when we'll want him. Yeah. I think. I, and that sounds like what they'll do because it's yeah. smart ta- smart storytelling. It's Dave Filoni. It's John yeah. Favreau. Like absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I'm and I'm calling it now. Um, Din's last words to him is, "Don't be afraid." If Grogu says to Din, "Don't be afraid." <sighs> <laughs> the collective Star Wars fans will just lose their shit. Yeah, yeah. we'll just um, implode. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Because I, because obviously, like for me, my 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 theory is that Grogu will return when Din is probably at his most vulnerable. Mm. Um, Old man, I reckon. Yeah, and I was going to Grogu say, will probably be a teenager. Yeah. He'll uh, probably be a Padawan. Yeah, yeah, still okay. a Padawan. All right. Well, you prompted my thoughts, Michael. So I will say it. Like my yeah. my thoughts had been that Grogu will return to either rescue Din in a very intense moment or Grogu will be with him at his death. That's my... That's, that's, oh, they're, they're, they're my theories. Yeah. They're, they're my theories. The same thing. Grogu would be there Not for Din's last moments um, yeah. as, a, as a manner of support, I uh, think. Nah. Just as like Luke... Just like as Luke... Wa- <laughs> just as like Luke was for Yoda. I didn't want to say it, but he prompted me. <laughs> he was like preempting what I was saying. Um... But <laughs> I, and I ha- that's that's my theory. Like yeah. and that's my that's a good theory, uh, of, a, of a clean full oh, circle. Yeah. Um, yeah again, yeah, yeah. like Din's reward because again, who has Din loved before Grogu? No. Who has no, he gone no. close to? Right. So it'll it it will come back. Um, the one thing about this about this season closer is that there's a part of me that just wishes this is it because it is too perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's too. It is too perfect. It, it really right? is. Um, as, That's as why season... I'm sort of expecting uh, season three to be a time jump, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we'll get into our theories on what season three will look mm. like at the end because I've got. Yeah. We've all definitely mm. got some thoughts. Um, can I just say though? King hats off Pedro Pascal. Like, yeah, yeah, outstanding. Definitely. Doesn't even say a fucking thing, and he's just looking at him. That fu- oh, that that was that was the most heartbreaking moment for me, and most beautiful at the same time was just those shots of the two of them yeah. looking at each other, Grogu seeing Din's face for the first time, mm. and just and it was you know I you know kind of reminds you of the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. When Luke sees Anakin's face for the yeah. first time. Like, it's... Let me see you in with my own eyes. Yeah. And it's, and it's like how you mentioned before, it is the theme of father and son. And yeah. this is who they've been. They've been a father and, and son. son yeah. And we've seen that relationship develop, <laughs> you know. Grogu yeah. broke Din. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And I love the fact that, you know, this is also... You know, one of the big things in terms of Din's character development has been his relationship with his creed and yes. the helm, the helmet. Yeah. You know, and especially during this season, um, you know, especially from like earlier on when mm. he's he's searching for the way to get Grogu back, and where he's encountering these, you know, fake Mandalorians or yeah. not real Mandalorians or Mandalorian adjacent or at least not ones that follow his way, mm. um, and they're all telling him he doesn't need to have this helmet on it's yeah. not the true mandalorian way and all of that and then and then but then it, i love how they tie it into he how he feels about grogu and his affection for grogu with yeah. last episode the fact that he was willing to remove his helmet just so he could get the location anything for this child yeah, yeah. and so when i when i called out and i said take off your helmet 
when I was watching it, I'm like, he's going to do it because it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Because we're at this point now, we've reached the essentially the end of their story, mm. really, and they're saying goodbye. Like it, it, it I, it, it, for him to re- remove uh, his helmet in front of all these people, some strangers, mm. some friends, like it makes sense it had to mean something it wasn't just other yeah. Mandalorians saying and it's Grogu that would have to do it yeah make and him, it's, make yeah. Him want to do it's it. not other Mandalorians saying no it's not the real way you're it's this sort of you're part of this sort of random cold it's a silly thing you're doing yeah. rah, rah. for him there had to be the significance and I think it shows his shift in priorities yeah um in that and he even says in the episode it's like he's my only priority yeah and yeah. I think and I think it's also just opening up and I'm not saying that Din is going to go on this you know um love story trajectory or anything like that but I think it opens his heart his heart is softened yeah right and this shows that he now believes in and has the potential to love because he's for the first time experienced a pure love yeah and no one but a child can give you pure love because from a child there is no ulterior motive and there is never a question of an ulterior motive no Um, and that's something that Din has never experienced before and it's 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 just it's a testament to everything we've had in um, you know in in the 15 episodes leading up to it yeah it's it's, it's beautiful Yeah. yeah I can't think in recent memory at least of a more perfect conclusion to a to a to a story arc or a season for a TV series that I have seen. I agree. I just, I just can't. Agree. I can't yeah. believe this payoff. Like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. insane. Um, and then on, uh, you know, icing on top of the the, the cake uh, or the cherry on top of the cake, even R two D two making an appearance. Yes. That oh, I squealed again. Yeah. <laughs> when he rolled out, yes. and then his ex- little exchange with Grogu was yeah. just. Yeah. Oh, it's the so cute. sweetest little yeah. thing. <laughs> Again, pushes that Grogu is in safe hands. Yeah, and yeah. the cool thing is, is, when you think about it, R2 probably recognizes Grogu. Yeah. Because, you know, like, because Grogu would have known Anakin because they're the same age and yeah. they were at the, you know, the Jedi temple mm. at the same time. Yeah, that is true. So I imagine, yeah. But obviously Grogu probably wouldn't remember R2. No. R2 maybe not, but yeah. yeah. But that was a beautiful little scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, and, it, and it makes sense. And it makes, of course, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if he's flying his X-Wing, he's going to have uh, R2. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, with him. Adult just comes through the door and is like, hey, you're taking a long time. Yeah. <laughs> shall we shall we go now? Yes. Um oh, not to not to ruin or take away from the incredible powerful emotions of the moment, but what did you guys think of the way they handled the de-aging of Mark Hamill for this? Was it perfect? I'm probably gonna say no. Mm. Um I don't think it was perfect. But I don't think it matters. I agree. Because I feel like you recognize him as Luke. Because even if they'd had like a different actor, for example. Mm. Um, Which they did. They had a double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if, it, for example, there was no CG. Is, yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. mean. Um, that, and if it was, if they looked, uh, if he looked enough like him, we would have been happy. Because again, like for someone, you know, like me... I had the cloak, I had the saber, I had the glove. That's all I needed. I knew who yeah, it was, right? Yeah, exactly. So, was it perfect? No. 
do I care? No. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Like I think. I think we're, we're like we mentioned yeah. before. Like we're kind of willing to let the the uncanny valley of it all kind yeah. of pass just because of this. It's not about that. It's about yeah. the moment. It's like, about what it means for him to be there. Yeah. Like mm. it wasn't dreadful. Right. No, no. Like it was like it's still it, quite it, impressive. Like there were a couple of moments where it looked pretty yeah. genuine. You know? Yeah, like there were you know you could almost say it was like oh it's an actor who looks like a young Mark Hamill yeah. maybe, um, but some of the syncing I think as well wasn't quite. Yeah, yeah. No, wasn't no. quite. There was funny. just a few moments where he he was speaking where he was his his top lip was kind of barely moving. Yeah, and it distracted. Yeah. a little bit, but yeah, like you said, mm. the overall thing. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really affect mm. the the impact emotionally or no. in terms of story mm. at all. You guys agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And knowing Star Wars, as when the technology gets better, they'll probably re- redo it. Redo I think this it. could be the only that time that I'm okay with them going back to to mess around. With yeah, it. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It won't take anything out of it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, okay, <sighs> so you know that, and that's where the episode effectively ends. Because, Until. because yes, <laughs> because Luke takes Grogu with R two, and then they we, we fade to black. But then you know credits happen, and can I just say how kind of affecting it was to see the credits with no images? Yeah. After that, and the the subdued kind of score purposefully. It was yeah. It was really really powerful. Mm. Um, but then you know we got a post credit scene up in this bitch. Oh yeah, yeah. and it was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. Okay, so we're on Tatooine. We get a shot of Jabba's palace, and immediately I'm like, yes. Okay, what's happening? Um, and then, yeah, and then we're inside, and then uh, and then Fennec Shand and Boba Fett make a grand entrance, and uh, and fucking Bib Fortuna, excuse me, is somehow still alive <laughs> and on the throne. Uh, I love how they don't need to explain how any of these characters no, survive in general. No, no, no. We're okay with it because it's just moving along. Because like the, he was on Jabba's sail barge when it exploded. Yeah. Like, or so we thought. But yeah. like, uh, yeah, I mean, we all thought Boba Fett died when he fell in the Sarlacc pit, but clearly not. Clearly not indeed. So and we don't somehow, get an explanation either. No. <laughs> somehow, somehow Bib Fortuna got out and then he's all fucking Jabba-esque. He's, yeah. Big, big guy now, but yeah, and he yeah. How gross is his neck? That yeah, was, yeah, that was very disgusting. gross, but very effective. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then Boba wastes no time. Yeah. Fucking just. I don't need. Him. I don't need to say any words. You're out. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> just love the image of him just taking the throne. Yep, sitting yeah. on the throne of the the hut crime yeah. syndicate. Literally just pulls him off. Yeah, pulls yeah. the dead body off, and just yeah. be like, "This is my throne now." Yeah, yeah. this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pose for all the all the um, all, all the uh, PC uh, 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 Windows screens for for the rest of the world. Wouldn't that be a cool poster? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's like, fantastic. Check, check me, check it out. Yeah, so, I am Boba the Hutt. So <laughs> yes. So ultimately, though, as well, it's essentially a preview slash advertisement for another series. Well, that's the thing we're putting into question. Yeah, which we're not sure about. I I'm not going to lie. I wish that little title didn't appear at the end. I kind of do too. I would. I don't know. I don't know why they put it up. I would have liked. For that to be the end of the Boba Fett narrative, us never even go back. Maybe if he makes another ah, appearance, they need yeah. to go back to Tatooine. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just clean. That's it fair. brings it full circle it does. To, to everyone involved. That's a good point. And leave it. Yeah. So just having that title card at the end, 
cheapened it a little bit for me. Fair. That's fair. Um, That's fair. And I think it could just be because... Yeah. And this is why I purposefully avoid every single Star Trek TV series and <laughs> stick to the movies. Because once you go down that path, you just cannot get out because there's just so many of these things. Yeah. And I know that if they do a Boba Fett series, I'm going to watch it. And I don't want to. Well, see... <laughs> but I will because yeah. I want to. Yeah, you will. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Well, see, here's, here's the thing. So the internet is quite divided uh, now uh, as to what the book of Boba Fett actually mm. means and I this is why I kind of agree with you Wayne mm. in saying that it, they shouldn't have put it up yeah because all and then especially adding that coming December 2021 right yeah so the confusion now stems from that because we found out last week that Mandalorian season three is premiering on Christmas day next year yeah December 2021 mm -hmm. and now we have a week later the Mandalorian season finale with this stinger about Boba Fett and the book of Boba Fett um to saying coming December 2021 now there has been no word from Lucasfilm or Disney mm -hmm. regarding what this means. Is this a separate show? Is this a lead into season three? Is this actually season three and we're taking some time away from Din? I, I what, what is it? My theory went to the fact that season three was going to be about Boba Fett. And that's, right. where, that's where my mind is. Well, yeah. it could it be yeah. it's almost like plot A, plot B type thing yeah. like the show is still called The Mandalorian we're still going to follow Din because we need to because he's still got his own stuff now hello yeah <laughs> there's a little article in, in, in mind that somebody wants <laughs> that's in his possession yeah. now uh -huh. um, and I don't know maybe yeah Boba Fett just sort of has more of a thing to do with it but <sighs> my my know. other like my other thought went to the because I, my thought went to the season 3 is going to be about Boba Fett because the Mandalorian is not literally just about one particular Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. It could be about different Mandalorians. So that's why my thought went to the next season being Boba Fett. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. The problem is, though, they didn't... It's not like they wrapped up Din's story arc, though. No, no. You know what I mean? Because he's still got that fucking... Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but they they kind of wrapped up... Uh, most of his stories. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's, there's only one thing hanging over his head in my book. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike, what are your thoughts? Do you think we're getting a separate Boba Fett show or do you think it's going to be season three? Well, yeah, I think I think uh, they they called it Ma the Mandalorian for a reason because hmm. uh, they've sort of set up with um, all these different Mandalorians, basically, in, especially in season two. Where we get Boba Fett and we got uh, uh, um, like Mandalore, mm. basically, and this probably go down that road. Um, I don't know uh, the book, the book of Boba Fett. I don't know. Maybe it's a separate thing of uh, how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. We don't know if they're gonna just keep that a secret or not. But it could be Boba Fett's like here right now. He's got scores to settle now that he's got his armor. So hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get to see him versus uh, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Mm. Um, but he's too busy with, with um, Leia and his four-year-old. <laughs> because uh, I think they say uh, Ben's four at the moment. So uh, in this time. So... 
And that's an another thing as well of what would happen to Grogu as well. And uh, Luke, but that's probably later on. So I, I'm not too sure. You know what, though? Like, just um, you're mentioning that about your thoughts about that, the season three might follow Boba Fett instead. It actually made me think that maybe that's what it is. That's almost like that's the subtitle of season three. Mm. Yeah, that's, could that's, be. that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, and just felt like that makes sense to me. It definitely made sense to me. That's, yeah. That's the, the, the moment they, that title came up, mm. that was the first thing that popped into my head. Right, we're now going to change shift. Yeah. I don't know how you can just... Like it might be just Din, the fact still involved. He has to be. Like, you it can't might just be the fact off. that they're just they're giving the Din story a bit of a break, mm. just to go into Boba's story for a little bit. Yeah, and then maybe halfway through that particular season, yeah, we might get Din coming back in. True. Um, yeah, that, it's possible. sort of that's where my mind went yeah. when I saw that. So. No, that that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense to me, and probably the most one of the more probable things as well. Mm. Yeah. I've, didn't I read somewhere that Pascal's uh, contract was up or something and it wasn't renewed for, three, oh, for the third episode? I, I, I can't hope remember, but... That's I, not true. I think maybe. Google or it's a rumour. Or forget it. Hmm. I don't know. I have don't not I have not heard that. Um, well, it looks like, you, by the look of IMDb, um, Pedro Pascal is in episode one, so <laughs> of season three. Mm, oh, there you go. <laughs> so I could be wrong. Forget... No, what but I, I mean, just like, said, um, but like, Din and Boba Fett exist in the same, like, in the same stories mm. anyway. So, I don't know. Um, the, well, the top article says this is from three months ago, mind you. So, take it with a grain of salt. It says uh, no, Pedro Pascal isn't leaving the Mandalorian anytime soon. Um, da, 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 just having a little skim through it. Um, okay. In the meantime, I'll talk about how I reacted to the goodbye of uh, of uh, the Mandalorian, Din, and and Grogu. Mm -hmm. I bawled my fucking eyes out. Yes, we yes we all did. <laughs> because you know, I have a child, and I don't want to think about her leaving me. <laughs> and ah, oh, you you know, it's just something. It's just something that you don't really get to feel every time. Uh, a little baby touching your face is like working out what you look like. Yeah. Ah, just... I it was... Wild. Yeah, I almost wailed, but I knew Zelda was in the other room asleep, so I couldn't really say any much. Yeah. Look, I yeah. was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were... Yeah. Just, I couldn't stop crying until... Like, I don't think I stopped crying until... Um, the, you know, that shot of Jabba's palace came up at the end. Yeah. Because <laughs> I yeah, was just, same. I was just like, I can't, like, Mike, I can totally understand why you felt it so much more than all of us. Because mm. you've got that, you've got that connection in real life, you know, and I can't imagine how powerful that must be to feel that. But like, yeah. It, for, it's weird. It's weird having kids and, and now, and now media sort of changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's how, you know, people like John Favreau and Dave Filoni are, you know, able to tell stories like this so eloquent, eloquently and, and, and so wonderfully is because they're drawing on maybe their own life experiences and relationships as well. And, like, that's always one yeah. of been, one, been one of the cool things about sci-fi is the way that it, it holds a mirror up to real life, you know? Always, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I sort of think... Um... I don't know, they're probably uh, 
the Din storyline is sort of uh, going back a bit because they're, not to be crude, but they sort of blew their load <laughs> with with uh, introducing Luke Skywalker into it. It's like, wh- where do you go from here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go to Fett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go to Boba Fett. You go to Mandalorians. You you go Bo-Katan and her, and her taking over Mandalore. Yeah, and, and all that. Yeah, I definitely don't think that's the last we'll see of Bo-Katan. Oh yeah. Uh, no. that's for sure um, yeah and it's so interesting because you know that post credit scene shows Fennec Shand uh, with Boba Fett right like and she was still on board the ship at the end when Luke arrived so like the fact that we don't get to see a resolution of them all like what happened to them in the room after Luke left yeah, kind of you know, has me so curious because I'm just like, Bo, Bo, there's no way Bo-Katan would want to leave the, you know, let Din leave with the the dark saber. Sorry, in within her grasp, mm. so close. Like, you know, regardless of how she feels about Din as a person mm. or Din as a Mandalorian, like, you know, that's. But you know, technically, he's the ruler of Mandalore now. So <laughs> there's that. Well, that's fun. Yeah, and Moff Gideon is still alive, so you yeah. still got. We've still got something there. Yeah, I'm really As curious well. to see where his story goes because, you know, the they made a point of saying, like, Cara Dune said, no, we want him alive. He has information. Yeah. Which is, you know, part of the reason, I think, why we see him attempt to kill himself. Yeah, at yeah. The, at That's the end. such a thrilling moment, wasn't it? When yeah. he just grabs his, like, you know, blaster. I, I, I think because he knew... I think he knew... Um, who it was, Luke Skywalker is like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, that's Off another good point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's fuck like, oh, shit. yeah, because he would, he would know all about Luke Skywalker, mm. of course. Yeah. I'm going to say, because it wasn't really uh, strategic with his firing. He's just shot Bogotan. He's like, he knew fucking it, it wasn't going to work. It's like, ah, shoot, shoot the kid. So that was another moment. There's still something, there's still something about the kid. Yep. And his plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the interesting thing is that I, I suppose that the leading theory now is that uh, now that uh, uh, Moff Gideon, sorry, has um, everything he needed apparently from Grogu, yeah. including his blood. And, yeah, we've been talking about how Pershing obviously is a clone engineer and they actually mentioned that he is. You know, the, the people online are speculating that this is how we get to Snoke. Right. Yeah, and Tacidius coming back. I, I I think Moff said, uh, was saying that as a lie. It's like, yeah, I've got everything. Just take him. Just take him. Just take him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's also a good point. Like he just because was... the doc because the doc never arrived because he got because he got hitch uh, got uh, take, taken over by by the guys. So so the doctor never arrived to like take his blood or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. Oh. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. So the the tiger's still on Grogu's back. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I don't know if we're going to be seeing any more Luke Skywalker anytime soon, though. I, I, I can't nah. imagine, no. even with Disney's money, that they'd be willing yeah, that shit is expensive. to do that for a bunch of episodes. But also you don't want to, though. You don't want to over... No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. All right, guys, is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap up our discussion of season two, which was just maybe just a quick look back on the season, not just to summarize some thoughts, just, you know, I this is 
like I didn't expect this was going to be this good, no. this incredible, yeah, same. Affect, uh, affect us as people so yeah. much. Mm. I mean, the fact that like season one was perfection and yeah. season two is being managed to be perfection yeah. as well. Yeah. I can't necessarily say that one season is better than the other. I think I just, I can't they're separate. Very, they're very different. You can't, you kind of yeah. can't compare them almost. I can't compare them, but I also can't separate them because yeah. the narrative is so solid and fluid and consistent. Yeah. Um, Peyton Reed has just done an outstanding oh. job with this. Yeah. This final episode, man, um, absolutely extraordinary um, in terms of the fighting and action sequences, and also the emotional <laughs> core at the end that that was needed. Um, yeah. So full credit to Peyton Reed on that, especially just pulling it together. Yeah, um, exceptional performance directing this one. Yeah, absolutely, five stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five stars for me this season. Like, you know, I, I honestly thought we were going to peak with that Ahsoka episode because mm. it was sheer brilliance. Yeah. And, and and it really brought it back to what Star Wars is about, mm. that, you know, the, the good versus evil and, you know, the Kurosawa influence on George Lucas yeah. um, in creating Star Wars. Um, so it's just phenomenal. Um, and then the fact that we, we've ended this uh, exceptional season of television mm. with, with this episode... I just yeah. If I could give anything like if I could give it a six out of five, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that. It's just that. It's just that good. It's one yeah. of the best things. I mean, you know, John Favreau saved twenty twenty. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm 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 the same as everybody here. I don't think I need to <laughs> say anything else. Same five yeah. out of five. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Mike. Take yeah, us I hated it. Two out of five stars. <laughs> five stars. Yeah. Nah, five stars. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say Star Wars is in good hands. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now don't fuck it up. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Now that we're actually back, we've course corrected, I suppose, in terms of the quality and, and uh, just all round and the fans response to the franchise now. So yeah. we've, we've gone from, you know, doing a sequel trilogy and some trying some spin-off films and that not working and then being like, Oh, let's not make any star Wars for a while to like, Oh, let's John Favreau's like, Oh, I'm going to do this Mandalorian show. <laughs> and then it blows up the world. Um, yeah. And now we're getting, you know, as we found out last week, so many more Star Wars spin-offs, you know, yeah. two two other spin-offs that are going to be directly connected to the Mandalorian as well. Mm. Let's not forget Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic. Mm. So I don't know if they're going to be coming into play when season three happens. So there could be some, con- some connectivity happening mm. there. We'll find out. I'm still not getting my Jabba the Hutt prequel. <laughs> you all don't understand no. how much I want this show. I want his rise to power. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It'll um, happen. I'm sure it'll happen at um, some point. Yeah. I really want to see um, season two of the gallery for this season. Oh my God. Yes. I'm really <laughs> fascinated by everything that they went through, even to the, just the way that they wrote the story and came about uh, with the acting and all that sort of stuff. Because season one of the gallery was just amazing. It was very And it was such a learning curve, mm. especially from filmmaker point of views and i just i can't wait if they're going to bring out a season two for this i want it <laughs> i really want it yeah 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 and it's coming out christmas day maybe hopefully oh, oh, nice. yes hopefully hopefully we'll oh yay holiday we'll s- viewing we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> um all right i think that might be it 
Unfortunately, yes, uh, we have come to our, the end of our popcorn culture, the end of our look Star Talker series of Mandalorian <laughs> reviews for season two. No yep, doubt we we'll be doing this again with season three in 12 months time. So strap in and get ready for that. And it is also our... Last, Last episode, episode for the year. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, people. So uh, thanks for sticking with us through this ep- another epic episode. Three and a half hours. We love and appreciate every single one of you for listening. So thank you so much. Good luck, um, future Fulia. Yes. Yes, yes. Godspeed, yes. Fulia. Fulia, you'll get it down to less than three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah, you'll, sure. You'll crush no it. You'll crush it, <laughs> as you always do. Uh, but yes, we are yeah. going to be taking... Yeah, can you actually take out the bit? Where you could actually hear me audibly cry on the podcast because I'm a man uh-huh. and, 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 and big boys don't cry. No. Big boys don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we are taking a break uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks, taking Christmas and New Year's off. So we will be back uh, in the second weekend of uh, of January in 2021. So, yes. Oh, yeah. So happy holidays and, uh, um, yeah, and a happy new year as well, hopefully. 2021 is much better for all of us. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Um, mm. But before we check out, let's check in with Fred mm. and see what's up. Now, I'm going to do a live check on how many people have watched my Loki reaction. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because I'm that sad of an individual. No, um, you should be proud. It's such a wonderful video. Thank you. Kendall, um, I had so much joy watching you oh, great. Um, enjoy that trailer. Like, I actually have not seen the trailer because I don't need to. I've just seen your reaction. You just get my reaction. It was gorgeous. Oh, I thank s- you. I saw it on the train ride to work. I saw all your three videos, but I started oh. with the Loki one. Yep. And it was just such a lovely way to start the day. I'm not Aww, going to lie. It was really nice. That's really sweet Because you know I love Loki as well. Yes, so, you do. Um, I don't love him as much as you do. I don't no, think well, anyone on this planet people, does. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm so glad that a lot of people have been watching it. But what's the yeah, official number? The official number now is 601. Get out. Yay. Good on you. Yes. 601. I'm so happy. It's probably my most watched video now. <laughs> um, so if anyone else is listening that's watched that or shared it or any of anything... Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, 600 views in terms of YouTube isn't really a lot, but for me, it really means something. Oh, for Fred in general, that's huge. And for Fred in general, it's big considering, you know, the only time we get thousands of views is if Fulia does a Eurovision reaction (laughs) or Mike does a a clickbait title. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is fantastic. (laughs) Coming soon to 2021. 2021. Absolutely. So definitely check out... um, Kindle's reactions to these trailers. Yes, please. If you have not already, because yes. they're, they're, they're great reactions. Thank you. Yeah, so there's my other two as well, Falcon Winter Soldier and WandaVision trailer two. Um, I am, I'm just going to put it out there now. I am planning on doing a video series about WandaVision mm. when that starts airing, doing a weekly uh, recap. Uh, so that'll be a non-scripted rambling series. Cool. Coming soon. Um, I'm putting it out there because I really want to do it. I really want to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be starting. Yes. Starting next month. Nice. Um, yes. Yes. (laughs) And yeah. And so that's that. And then obviously I'm here and then, uh, Fulia and I will be recording the monthly, not this week, but next week. Yes. I believe. And that's going to be after our rush of boxing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's going to be crazy for us. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be good. Um, how's Foolish Fuji going for you? Uh, Foolish Fuji is going good. Um, we're keeping it steady. Uh, we're, we're still playing, you know, Animal Crossings. I also played a little bit of Mario Kart this week um, just because I wasn't feeling all that great on Thursday. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to think. I just want to have fun. <laughs> so I just raced with my community and nice. we enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Um, and yeah, just, you know, Christmas movies. Got one more Christmas movie that I, uh, we'll be uh, watching together on Discord. Um, and I can't wait for that. We've still got to make a choice on what it is. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be listed in the Discord server. Um, and yeah, um, I think this week will, uh, Thursday, Christmas Eve will be my last stream, um, before the, uh, before the new year at least. So I'm going to take the Christmas break off. Uh, so I'll have a week off and then I'm thinking of doing a Chris, a new year's Eve special, um, just to sort of send off everybody and send off 2020, and send that down the toilet. Um, <laughs> Let's not look back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to do... Uh, like it, For me, it'll be a morning stream. Um, but because I know that in the evening, I'll most likely, hopefully, be doing something fun um, with some friends. And yeah, just looking forward to more content in 2021. Mm-hmm. And hopefully... I'll have a plan on uh, on more content and how to better myself and just yeah just improve on what I already do mm-hmm. and because I I need to set some goals. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> that's pretty much what uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing in the next in the next couple of weeks. Um, Wayne. Yes. Um, so Fred Watch dropped the Breakfast Club. Um, yeah. So that that was a that was a great discussion, Philip mm-hmm. and I, in two separate Fred sheds, but still talking about one of my all time favorite movies, and definitely I'd probably say the most significant movie I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and definitely. I watched it for the first time in quite a few years. It's been quite a few years since I last saw it, and I just fell in love with it all over again. I'd forgotten how funny it is. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's such a great movie. I love it, love it, love it, and I'm going to watch it every year now. <laughs> Good, it's amazing, and yeah. yeah, it was a wonderful review. Thank so, you, yeah. thank you. Yes, um, it's interesting, like where our conversations will go. I didn't realize how much I loved the set until I started talking about yeah. it, <laughs> and you know, pulling on the visual cues of, of this gorgeous movie. Um, yeah, for me, it's just perfect and I love it. So uh, hopefully um, you can have a listen to it and enjoy that too. Our um, World AIDS Day special, Zero Patience, is still out um, and it's gotten some nice listens as well. Kendall, thank you for your advocacy of the episode while I wasn't there. And, You're welcome. And that promoting it, that was lovely of you. Yeah, of course. Um, and of course, we're um, leading up to Christmas, so there'll be a Fred Watch Christmas special mm. as well. Something a little bit different this year. So I hope you enjoy it. Woo! Yes. Nice. Um, Mike, what are you up to this week, mate? Well, this week and pretty much all until the end of the year, trying to survive. Mm. Um, (laughs) uh, It's going to be a very interesting Christmas because me and the family are packing up and going to Canberra, uh, which is going to be interesting because we have to cross into New South Wales. 
so whatever happens, if there's going to be a hard border between that and we... Who knows? We probably won't be able to get back. Or we're going to have to go into quarantine. Uh, after coming from uh, hot spots. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. Or stay home if it's an option. Yeah, it's <laughs> Christmas. And it, it, it's uh, the in-laws Christmas, so I have to turn up. Yeah. Well, that's what my wife says. Or uh, stay home if it's an option. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a safe and yeah. healthy option. <laughs> I know. But, you know, live dangerously. Yeah, it's well. the end of 2020. Let's be complacent. And, yeah. uh, uh, well, well, all the best with your travels if you do end up traveling. Yeah, stay safe and healthy. Yes. It's all right. I got audibles. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep me company, and I can watch some Cobra Kai. Woo! Um, hell's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't watch. <laughs> oh, don't my let next, me down, my people. Nec- <laughs> yeah, my next hate watch episode. Oh, oh no. I don't oh. care. <laughs> what's, this, what's this? Oh, the bad guy's not really a, a bad oh. guy. It's a good guy. I just guy. love that they turned a premise from a, a, a joke from a YouTube video into a whole series. I know. <laughs> Ingenious. I know. It's and the fact that beyond. Johnny even talks through like the whole story. Fucking love it. <laughs> that is how you do fan work. That's yeah. fan fiction uh, right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not shit house. No. Yes. <laughs> So it's fan fiction, so it's uh, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Oh my gosh, but it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Oh okay. my goodness. Okay. Okay. Oh, I don't mind me just fanboying in the corner. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's true. And with that, hopefully, <laughs> it's just like let's let's leave. It's late. <laughs> it is very late. We should wrap up. Yes, it's been. Do got work in the morning? It's... Yes, you've got work in the morning. I've got work in the morning. I don't have anything in the morning. I, have I work. I afternoon. work in a. Side I don't have anything now, tomorrow except house cleaning, so I, I'm fine. Well, good, I, good for you. Well, I just procrastinate on that anyway, so I'll be okay. You will. It's fine. Yes, it it's is. It's fine. It's fine. All right. On that note, I think it might be time to wrap up our last episode for the year that was 2020. Yes. <gasps> All right. Fuck it. We Fuck survived it. and thrived. We survived and it. thrived amidst a pandemic. Snaps for us. Yes. 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 All right. I felt like a Thanos snap too. <laughs> Half the population catching corona. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny sequence. That was. That was yeah. yeah. That was hilarious. No, no, no good. Yeah. No good. All righty. Enjoyed that bit. And, <laughs> and that, that was, was a, a podcast, podcast called Fred. Fred. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for future podcasts and Fred the Alien. Follow us on our SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. For Fred the Alien merchandise, go to our website, www.fredthealienproductions.com and follow the link to our Redbubble, where you can get apparel, home decor, bags, and accessory with our unique Fred the Alien designs by our talented team. Unibums, incompetent gamers, our live stage shows, and more. That was the Fred plug. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Fulia Cantaramaggio. And I'm dreaming of a holiday Christmas. Because <laughs> we don't get snow in Australia because fuck you, it's a summer holiday. <laughs> <laughs>
We eat seafood. Fuck you if you don't understand that. <laughs> Michael Lister. <laughs> and, and you, you just, just experienced a podcast called Fred. Stay safe, everybody. Merry Christmas and Merry a happy Christmas. new year. Yes, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, yes. happy Kwanzaa, all of that. Remember to eat beef. Remember to eat beef. And seafood. And seafood. And pavlova. And do the tofu. Yes. Yes. Gin is my baby. And, (laughs) yes, I was going to say, and never forget, this is the motherfucking way. Yes. Thank you, Mandalorian, for saving 2020. Merry Christmas, people. Merry Christmas. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. See you in the new year. See you next year. Stay safe. Now get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and and see.